Hello, and welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast. Squad podcast. I'm Eric Hoff. With me, as always, is I'm Keegan Preslak. Yep. Uh, this, this is, is a, a horror movie podcast where a couple buddies get together every two to three months, maybe once a year, and uh, we talk about horror movies and shit. Yes. Hello, everyone out there in Ghoul Squad land. Welcome to the Ghoul Squad podcast. Keegan, how you doing? I'm fantastic, Eric. How are you? I'm happy to finally fucking be recording. Yeah, it's been a while, and I feel like we're going to say this every episode. It's, you know, it's it's the getting together that's tough. It's yeah. the getting you to fucking hit record that's tough. But <laughs> yeah. then once we're going, you know, we're fucking going. We are fucking going. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I don't know why it's like we don't really even do that much stuff. No, but we do, we we do just nothing. can't get together to do this stuff for whatever yes, reason. Yes, exactly. But we're watching so much shit. And we're going to talk about all that shit today. And I and we think it's shit that you like. Yes. But what's our episode today, Eric? Uh, we are going to rank the Scream franchise. And if I read Twitter correctly today, it is Scream 2's 21st anniversary. Wow. So it's appropriate that we're recording today. And goddamn, I'm fucking old. And I was nine when that shit came out. And just like that. So I was seven when fucking... I mean, it's it's fucking today. Yeah. So anytime no, that's after fucking today, nuts. or correct me if I'm wrong. Scream one, and then Scream two came out just a year later. That's crazy. Right? How, how, that old, how old were we when Scream two came out? Do you want to date ourselves? Yeah, sure. So if Scream two is 21 years old, I was nine, and I was eight then when Scream came out. Oh shit. Uh, well, I don't know so how you to were do like math. Four. I don't know how to do math. Uh, I'm 27. How old are you, Eric? I'm 30. So you're three okay. years younger than me. You're yeah. five. Five when yes. Scream came out. I was five six? years old. Everybody. I was still on You're the bottles, boys. Diapers still. <laughs> well, actually, I still am. So uh, right. that has not changed. But uh, yeah, that's crazy. So yeah, we're gonna rank the Scream franchise. We're gonna talk Scream. That's right. Uh, so we're gonna talk the shit out of Scream. Now we know the ranking them is kind of crazy. There's only four. Sure. But uh, that's what we, well, you know. We strive for easy ideas. Yeah, and we also thought it would just be the opportunity to talk Scream wholehearted. You know, uh, we'll get into the nitties and the gritties, if you will. So we're gonna talk screen and the nifties, and of course <laughs> we're gonna we have a huge like what we've been watching segment. So uh, get ready, and also Eric, of course, has his uh, Eric Coffin's terror tunes, which mm-hmm. we will get to. But first, Eric, I just thought I would say hello, yes, and uh, ask you how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, it was pretty low key. Uh, it wasn't high key. No, it, you know, watched a couple of films, uh, spent time with the family. How was your Thanksgiving, Keegan? My Thanksgiving was at okay. I work, oh. but. The next day is fucking shit because it's twice the work. That's true. But yeah, I think I, every job I've ever had. Did you ever get to go eat with your family or yes. meet up with your family yes, I before saw them. or after? I did see them. And it was good, man. Uh, it's not cranberry sauce. Uh, that is one of the films I watched, so I want to talk Blood Rage, but uh, we'll get to that. But I don't think I've ever had a job that didn't work on holidays because oh, wow. I've always worked at movie theaters, right? Sure. While I was going to college and stuff. And now I work at you a never hotel. never fast food, huh? Never worked fast food, nah. Hmm. Not once, not a day in my life. Have you? Yeah, I used to work at Subway and fucking Long John Silver's. I worked at Subway for five fucking years. When did you work at Long John Silver's? It was my very first job. I was 16. Wow. I, Little I bright turned, and young easy. Yep. And here's what's fucked up. By that point, Scream had already been out for eight years. Yeah, that's nuts. Now, d- let me ask you this. When okay. you worked at Long John Silver's, yes. did you eat Did I eat that shrimp, Hush Mickey? puppies. 
You know what? <laughs> I only <laughs> recently acquired the taste of hush puppies. You didn't like hush puppies? Not when I ate there. Oh, no, my or Lord. Or worked there, excuse me. Hush puppies are amazing. Yeah, no, I think I've always worked on holidays, so I still am because I work at a hotel. Uh, Eric, you have a federal job, so you're just uh, shit uh, lucky, I guess. Well, but I have a, I have a story about how I was unlucky at this federal job. Okay, let's May hear I it. tell? Yeah, of course. So just two Eric's days ago. unlucky job story, part uh, one. Monday. I got bit by a huge fucking dog. No way. It was fucking terrifying. What happened? Uh, The whole situation probably lasted no longer than 30 seconds. But it felt like a year and a half. It was genuinely fucking terrifying. I bet. Okay, so you know how in the Sandlot, whenever Squints tells a story about the beast, you know, he exaggerates the size of the dog. Yes. But when Benny finally goes to pickle the beast, like, it's still a big dog, right? But it's not as big as he said. Right. Well, the dog is like the size of when Benny finally goes to pickle the beast. Like, okay. it's that it's that fucking big. It's like the size of Cujo. It's a big, well, Cujo's larger, I would say. I would say if we're doing <laughs> a dog-size ranking, I would probably go actual beast-size Cujo and then Squint's exaggeration of the beast. Wow. Anyways, okay, so there's so this he's driving along. No, he's driving along. You know, here comes the meat wagon. <laughs> I've delivered a hundred parcels to this house. Before. Okay, I have seen this dog before, but the one time I did, it was like outside with its owner. Didn't seem to pay any attention to me. Like I've said, I've walked to this door a hundred times. Never had an issue. This The thought of this dog never crossed my mind yeah. while I'm walking it. I walk up to this fucking door. I fucking put the parcel on the porch. You pointed I, a shotgun at the dog and you're like, why is he running at me? And then I blow him away like they do in the fucking New Kids. Um, I forgot they did that in the New Kids. Yeah, it was fucked up. Shout out to Lucky McKee. Uh, well, you know, we, we, we don't got to talk that <laughs> We anymore. won't get into that, yeah. Yeah. So, I fucking put the parcel down. I start walking away. It's a Finston yard. Okay. I don't know what I hear first. Uh, let me tell you right now, all of this was a blur. All right? Like, try, like I, I don't know the events in the order that they happened. Do you want to know what I'm excited to hear about? Not okay. how you got bit by the dog. But I'm excited to hear how the post office and the Federal Reserve handles these types of situations. Did I did not report you the it. You didn't report it? The dog did not report it. Here on the podcast, you're going to say you did not report it. Okay. That's correct. So so what else happens? I don't know if I hear the dog come out from the door or it bark. But as I turn around, I see the biggest fucking dog. And I immediately go for my uh, dog spray, dog mace which I usually carry on me about 90% of the time, I don't fucking have it. Wow. And I'm like, oh, fuck. This dog is like running at me. I start yelling for help. And when I realize I have nothing to defend myself, I try to kick the fucking dog. Yeah, I would have too. And I don't know if I connect. But when I kick, I go off balance and I fucking fall. I'm on the fucking ground dog and the dog is above me. He's like at my feet. I don't like this stuff. But by this, I don't like this. But by this time, the owner is outside. And he's like, oh my God, are you okay? And I was like, can you get your fucking dog away from me? He's about to fucking rip my fucking gullet. And I don't know why the dog stopped. Because he was out there because I fell. I don't know. Obviously, I'm thankful the dog didn't fucking continue. Do you think that it was God stopping the dog? I, we're not going to talk divine intervention. Here. <laughs> not yet. So, I'm the next. So... I don't know when the dog bit me. He bit me like right above the ankle. I don't know if it's when I fell. Yeah, no, I don't I got know you. if it's when I kicked him. I don't know. Wow. So 
he's yelling at the dog now. He takes him into the yard. He's asking me describe, if I'm okay. Describe this person. I want to see him. Uh, middle-aged white guy probably goes to the Ocotillo to drink. Okay. I'm sure a lot of people are going to get that reference. Uh, trashy Carlsbadian. <laughs> okay. All right. Not oil-filled trashy. Yeah, I understand. There's a but, difference. Right. Yeah. What type of dog is it? It's a big motherfucker. I don't know dog breeds. It was an easy killing dog. It was a, you know, big motherfucker. Okay. So he's asking me if I'm okay. I'm like so like shaken up. I bet. That like I can't get anything out. And as I'm walking out of his yard, I turn around and I tell him, I'm not walking parcels to your door anymore. Yeah, I would just fucking said, leave him at the door. I, at the uh, fence. I said, I'm just going to leave him here from now on. Yeah. And he was like, okay, that's fine. So I go back uh, into my car and I look and I see that I'm bleeding and it's like, it's not big at all. It's, I've had worse scrapes from fucking falling skating. It's, did did it's, you go get your shots? I, it's not big. So I start honking the horn and he comes out and I was like, dude, I'm fucking bleeding. Does the dog have its shots? And he tells me yes. So wow. Here's hoping. And easy took that as an answer. Mr. Terrified of hepatitis C. Yes. So, wow. Uh, I call my supervisor. I tell him and I'm like, uh, I'm just kind of like, in shock, because what the fuck do you yeah, do? Yeah, I don't, like, what do I do? Is this like a fucking car accident where we exchange names? I don't fucking yeah. know. Yeah. And uh, he's like, well, it's up to you if you want to report it. If you want to report it, I have to go out, I have to take pictures, and I have to take you to the ER. I'm like, fuck, it's not, you know, it's this, like, tiny little scrape. And he's like, uh, but if you want, call, he suggested the uh, supervisor above him. So I call her, doesn't answer. So easy moves on. Yeah. And he so, trudges so, on so into I, the night. So I, so I texted her. So I texted uh, my supervisor back and I was like, hey, she didn't answer. And he called me back and he was like, again, it's up to you. Do you want to report it? And I was like. Did you ask the union guy? I did not ask the union guy. The union guy would have told you to get your oh, fucking money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and you know, one thing I was sort of worried about, like, would I had been uh, in the wrong in their eyes? Because, like, I wasn't carrying my dog spray. I wasn't carrying Possibly, yeah, you know, satchel. Possibly, right. The moment you report um, it, you open yourself up too. So I, they might look at you and like, right, did exactly. you have your dog mesh? Um, so, you know, that was two days ago. Uh, I haven't foamed at the mouth yet, but my leg is getting black. Uh, no, no. You know, I've washed it, put, uh, you know, uh, antiseptic. I like the new skin, you know, the liquid bandaid. And, um, here we are. Wow, so the last two episodes of this podcast have included injuries to uh, each of the host's legs. Uh, that's true. Uh, and then just to counter that real quick, uh, I had the exact opposite of experience with a dog yesterday. Uh, super cute, and uh, I pet it for a minute. So, Did at it, work. So, let me ask you this, and then we'll move on. We're, okay. we're getting to horror movies, folks, I promise. Let me ask you this. I got bit by a fucking dog! Are you now gun-shy about everywhere you go at work? Are you are you afraid you're going to get fucking... I would be like... Um, I'd be looking around corners and shit. Uh, yes and no. Do you feel uh, sort of emboldened by the whole thing? Like, I don't know what emboldened means. Me either. I just thought I'd ask you. Um, so, like, for example, uh, there was a dog today. I was going to walk a parcel to the door, and I was like, uh, you know... And I acted, and, and I was going to walk to this house, and this dog acted like he was going like, to, Nope, 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 nope. And so I acted like I was going to, like, move Oh, to you false well. charged it. I did. Nice. Easy false charging <laughs> dogs. I love it. And it took off running. Oh, I bet and I was it like, did. okay. 
And then just and then again today. So you're the, you should start being the aggressor. Every dog you see, you should fucking well. Here's here's what fucking happened. false charge them, bro. Light yeah. them up, and then to, yeah, let them know who's boss, dude. Easy is boss in this situation. I hear a dog barking behind me, and immediately I'm like, oh fuck! And I turn around, and it was a dog in a fence. But like, so so like, yeah, I'm kind of like little little shell shock. Yeah. So yeah, I still love puppy dogs. Do you so feel like you've been? in... I still want to give puppy dog treats. Do you feel like you've been in nom now? Like you're like shell shock. I've been in the shit now. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, I've always said that you were in a you know in the Federal Reserve. So yeah. Well, that was a great story, Eric. I appreciate that. I did not get by a You're dog welcome. this week, uh, but I wish I did. Moving on, but real quick, did you buy anything for Black Friday? I bought a video game. I bought the latest Tomb Raider. Oh, okay. I don't know when the fuck I'm going to get to it because I'm playing the new Red Dead and You're it's still fucking amazing. Playing Red Dead, and uh, but I love the last two Tomb Raiders, so I, I'll eventually get to the new one. You didn't buy any movies for Black Friday? I didn't buy no fucking movies. I didn't buy no fucking TVs. I didn't buy no fucking microwaves. Damn I didn't buy no bikes. Amda. Uh well, thanks for asking me if I bought anything. What did you, <laughs> uh lay it on me, Dad. What'd you get? Uh I picked up Strangers 2, Pray at okay. Night for okay. uh one of my faves of this year. For four dollars. I bought it for four dollars. Where at? Best Buy? Uh no, that one was Amazon. Uh, I bought American Psycho 4K for eight dollars. Nice. Uh, which is awesome. I got Jurassic World 2, 4K. Uh Super Troopers 1 and 2, which are not horror, but I love Super Troopers. Uh, it was a good Black Friday this year, man. Oh, I also got the Jurassic Park uh, 4K collection, so I got lit up with Jurassic uh, Park. Speaking Thanksgiving, speaking Black Friday, I was so excited for fucking Joe Bob. Yeah. How uh, was Joe Bob's Thanksgiving? Um, so the lineup was, uh, if you don't know this already, it was uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I do know this. The original ahead. Hills Have Eyes. Um, third one was a Takashi McKay film uh, that I'm drawing a blank, in, blank on, Dead or Alive. Can't believe you can say his name. Takashi Mikae. Fuck you, dog. Anytime I pronounce a name correctly, you're like, whoa. Whoa, Eric can pronounce something. And then he concluded it with uh, Blood Rage. So uh, the following day, Dana, a buddy of ours, texts me. And he was like, uh, I fell asleep during uh, Dead Alive. How far did you get? I said, I fell asleep during TCM. All right. I did not get far at all. Eric didn't get far. Well, I'm surprised you got through a movie at all because usually you're just snoozing. No, I didn't finish TCM. Uh, Where'd you watch that? Here? Here? At your place? Mm -hmm. Um, how was it? How was uh, Joe Bob? Are you pumped on the series coming next year? I guess. Fuck yeah! And oh, get yeah. this, I'm off the Saturday, the following Saturday that uh, his Christmas special airs. Nice. Out. So I'm gonna put in, uh, you know, more of an effort to stay Easy's up with Joe Bob. Putting in work. Yeah, I can't wait. I love Joe Bob. Yes. Uh, I've, I've often called you E Bob, but you didn't like that. Did you make any effort to watch it? I didn't. No. Okay. Great. Uh, I don't have Shutter. Um, I want Shutter to sponsor us before I uh, pay for Shutter. No, I canceled my trial. You don't have Shutter. Nope. All right, keep going. I do not have Shutter. Okay, before we get to what we've been watching, we hope you enjoyed Eric's dog biting story. You like mayonnaise? Uh, I do like mayonnaise. <laughs> I said no meat. I ain't got no time for no mustard. Keep going. So before <laughs> we get to it, no, before we get to our what we've been watching, uh, I just wanted to shout some people out real quick. Shout out. Um, we haven't really done a lot of shout outs lately. Uh, if I miss you, sorry, but here we go. Uh, the Dream Warrior shouted us, shouted us out recently, Christina. She had uh, posted to her story saying, These are, this is one of my favorite podcasts. So thanks, Dream Warrior. You're the best. Uh, so, and that inspired me to just roll these off. Uh, Film Fed, Chris Lentz, hello. Josh Goes to Hell, hello. Brian the Horror Nerd, hello. It's probably Paranormal, hello. Uh, Shane Saw Masker, hello. Log X Lady, hello. Uh, Hellmouth Kid, who we haven't heard from in a while, hit us up. Uh, Adam, Hellmouth Kid. Uh, Candace Goad. Uh, I saw her at a uh, Halloween party. 
She told me I should watch, uh, what is it called? Haunting of Hell House. And did you watch it? Not yet. But I thought the Netflix show? Not yet. That's what she was referring to. Though. Yes. It's so good. Though. So shout out to her and also uh, everyone else. Ben, Sabra, Wes, Jamie, uh, Jamin. Who else? Oh, Michael Niemeyer. He, he listens. Hello, Michael. I think that's it. You have any shout outs, Eric? <laughs> you named them all, da. Oh, Melissa. Oh, Melissa. Hello, Melissa. So there you go. Uh, I just thought I'd throw some out there just because we hadn't done a lot of shout outs in a while. And uh, we really seriously, not jokingly appreciate you guys for listening because we think we are annoying and dumb as fuck. So, well, just you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So concluding with that, I think it is now finally time to get to what we've been watching. Right? Yes. Unless you've got a dog biting story. Nope. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, so we are at the What We've Been Watching segment, and um, it's been so long since we've recorded a podcast. When I say this movie name, you're going to say, wow, they haven't talked about that movie. Right. And uh, you'd be shocked to find out we haven't. So uh, each of us has seen, I've seen it twice, a film called Overlord. I only saw it once. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, Eric, do you want to go first? What did you think of Overlord? <clears throat> no, you go first. Okay, you want me to go first. So, Overlord is this movie that I was hoping would be a Cloverfield sequel. I feel like was mentioned in the Cloverfield Paradox film. They, they said, I feel like they said that like yeah. a minute ago, but then they backtracked yep. what, after the Cloverfield uh, Paradox bombing. Yep. And they're like, no, uh, Overlord is a standalone film. Yeah, I think in the Cloverfield Paradox, they say something like, uh, it, it opened alternate dimensions and right. even in, uh, I think, you know, whatever they said, World War II had monsters or something. Are you going to buy that Cloverfield Paradox Blu-ray? I already have it pre-ordered. Fuck nah. I already have it pre-ordered. Uh, your boy is a Glad bad robot. Glad you away $12. <clears throat> Please it's, continue. Uh, $14.99. Even worse. Yes, but uh, <laughs> so Overlord is, uh, you know, this movie that was going to be a Cloverfield movie isn't. It's just a standalone bad robot, badass fucking R-rated movie. Uh, you already know what it is, right? So these paratroopers are in World War II, and Correct. they paratroop into a Nazi badland, and uh, spooky shit ensues. Starring Wyatt Russell, the yes, son Wyatt of Russell. Kurt Russell. So this is great. This is cool. I thought he was. Funny. I didn't know that was fucking Kurt Russell's son, and I'd seen him in other shit before. I thought he was fantastic. Yes. Uh, so basically, I just wanted to to say here, you know, it's a long time ago. Uh, we don't have to talk a lot about Overlord, but um, I fucking love this movie. You know, I. I of course wish uh, it went a little further than than it did on some stuff, but uh, into the horror genre, into the horror, into the gore. But uh, this movie has the best fucking opening sequence of any movie this year, and a better opening sequence. I had a tweet that said this lately. Uh, you know, I'm a big Star Wars fan. Yes, I like Solo. I recently tweeted the opening sequence of Overlord is better than any second of Solo, a Star Wars story. That's that's how mediocre that film is, and that's how fucking good uh, Overlord is. So I fucking loved Overlord. I took my brother to see it. I was a little worried uh, whether he was going to like it or not, 
we left and he's like, why were you worried if I was going to like it? That was fucking awesome. And it kind of made me feel even more like, yeah, you're right. That shit is fucking awesome. So, um, I think overlord's dope. I love how it's basically just like a grind, a really glossy grindhouse movie. Um, even to the point where like, there's that scene in towards the end where a girl uses a flamethrower and, uh, it looks literally like a grindhouse film at that point. Uh, I just wish it went a little further in the gore. Eric, I know that's what you're going to say, so please go ahead. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say, but I read your tweets. Um, you and only two other people. Hi, those people. I liked Overlord. I don't, I'm not as strong. Sure. I uh, feel as strong about it as you. Uh, I almost feel like the horror element doesn't kick in until like the last half of the film. Is mm-hmm. that fair to say? And I feel like, you know, if, if they didn't go down the horror route, it would have just been like a really good, like World War II. Uh, film? Yeah, it's basically, I saw a tweet and I don't know who said it, but it was like, Overlord is Inglorious Bastards mixed with uh, Wolfenstein, uh, uh, Castle Wolfenstein. So that's really what it is. It's, right. it's Inglorious Bastards with uh, a Nazi zombie B-movie. That's uh, pretty much what it is. And, and going back to wishing that it had been more horror-oriented, uh, you know, that's what I wanted. I guess I wanted like some like zany monster or yeah. some bullshit instead of like, I guess they're like zombies, but then they were, they couldn't die. Yeah. Um, I, I really wish that there was more crazy shit, but at the same time, I feel like I thought a lot about this and it's like, I feel like we're spoiled. Like this movie is fucking badass, rock solid, great fucking time at the movies, great movie. And then we're like, Oh, I wish it was more horror. Like, right. What else can we ask for when movies come out? that are fucking trash that we see. Like I didn't see this new, uh, Hannah Grace. Right. Uh, sure. and you did, maybe you'll talk about it, but yes. uh, I heard it was terrible. And it's like, I just feel like this is what I want. I, while I wish overlord, overlord is far more, superior than Hannah Grace. I, I am so happy that movies like this are getting made and on this level. And it just sounds so fucking good. The opening sequence is so fucking awesome. You know what I was, uh, it's better than the whole movie too. What I was impressed with, with the opening scene is how, okay. So they're flying over to France Yeah, and they're in this fucking, you know, huge airship and they're yelling at each other, but it's really hard to hear. Yeah. And it's because there's the hum of this huge fucking airship that they're in. And when I was initially watching it, I was like, is this not mixed right? And then it finally snapped like, no, it's implying that they can't fucking hear each other. So I enjoyed little small touches like that that was found throughout the film. I don't know why I have like a hard on for like immersive sound mixes like I'm that. I'm surprised you have a hard on because that means you got a dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love like I'm infatuated with sound mixing like that, and I would kind of consider it uh, immersive sound mixing, like where um some of that is in like Interstellar, where like you almost can't even hear what they're saying because it's so fucking loud, mm-hmm. but it's trying to put you, it's immersing you in the scene right. of what's happening. Um, I love, I, I eat shit like that up. Uh, I'm sure you eat shit for breakfast. I'm sorry. Keep going. A happy Gilmore reference. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, all right. So, uh, no, now we're done. Overlord's fucking awesome, man. Yeah. I, I think that that opening sequence is better than almost anything in any movie this year. Um, and I just ate it for breakfast. And then I also loved, uh, where the film went. It's a blast. It's a lot of fun. Love overlord. So do you have anything else to say about it? Nope. Uh, I, I, I do take it just not quite as strongly as you. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, what do you want to talk next? That was Overlord. Uh, I'll talk Hannah Grace. Okay, let's do it. Uh, so Hannah Grace is a film that did anybody fucking talk about? I just decided to skip. Or uh, I just decided I, I, to I, skip. I, I invited Keegan to go watch Hannah Grace with me. Yes, he did. And, uh, and I Keegan think, declined. I think your text said, I'm good, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what it said. Because yeah. guess what, Doc? I was good. Oh. Uh, like, uh, I'd, I'd never fucking heard of Hannah Grace until I think it was like coming to the theater. Yeah. So let me give a little backstory to uh, Hannah Grace. Let's hear it. Uh, it starts off as a possession film. Uh, this girl is possessed. Spoiler alert. They can't, ex- they can't ex- or exercise the demon. But they can't jazzercise the demon. Uh, so uh, the father suffocates uh, his daughter. Right. As you do. Uh, so even though the girl is dead, the demon is still inhabiting the body. So um, the demon, excuse me, the body makes its way to a morgue where this woman uh, has just got a job there and uh, spooky shit starts happening. Yes. Um, It's easy to think about autopsy of Jane Doe because it's a similar idea uh, to people uh, performing an autopsy on a body. Uh, Spooky shit starts happening. Spooky shit's happening. Yep. Yep. There was some like okay moments of tension in the film that kind of surprised me. Like there was actually moments where I was like, Oh God, this is kind of creepy. And I was also really surprised that it was R. like, it just kind of seems like if a film like this is going to come out, yeah, it would go PG 13. But really aside from a gore shot at the beginning of the film, I kind of, I didn't see where uh, it was, why it was rated uh, R. Um, I'm not sure what Sony was doing with this movie. Like, like, Oh, especially a late, uh, November release. Yeah, after after not only Halloween the film, but after Halloween and after Overlord, which also missed October, mm-hmm. and then just to shit this out, it just seems so right. odd. Um, it seems like they're they don't know what the fuck they're doing. I mean, they, this is also the same studio that shit out Rings in February. So right. there you go. Uh, while I ultimately can't recommend, but Hannah the same Grace. studio that did Don't Breathe. So there you go. I right. Mean, I was just down to see like a new horror film. Yeah. So uh, I can't knock it. Uh, uh, completely, but I mean, I'm gonna fucking forget. This this is how much I've already forgot about Hannah Grace. I didn't write it yeah, on my I list of didn't. films yeah. to talk about. Had you not said Hannah Grace, I wouldn't be talking it right now. I feel bad for not seeing it, but you know what happened? Like it just it came out. I had other shit going on, and then I heard it was so bad, and I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Like I'm it, not gonna waste my time. Yeah, I, I don't know. I wouldn't go so far as calling it so bad. Really? There were, I tell no, you, that's good. I mean, I, I'd rather it be good. That's I, the thing. I, I tell you, there was parts where I was kind of like. I was hyped. I was stoked. Yeah. But a few a few good minutes doesn't save a few uh, good men. Uh, you know, uh, a mediocre. So. Sure. Um, yeah, no, there was that there's a shot in the trailer that really bothered me where it's like you know, all this spooky shit's happening and shit, and then one of the shots is like I think it's like a, a shot of like the like a video camera or something in the hallway and, and, and the the body is like phasing in and out of existence behind this person. I thought it looked fucking terrible. So the demon is still inhabiting the body, killing people at the morgue. And so I guess this is the first uh, exorcism slasher. Huh. Is that a thing? Uh, You tell me. You know what I saw. So uh, ask me, what is Hannah Grace? Uh, It's an exorcism slasher. Yeah, you know. There you go, Doc. One of those. So let's see more uh, exorcism slashers, please. Let's see more. Yeah. So that was, what is that called? Possession of Hannah Grace? Possession of Hannah Grace. What a terrible title as well. Uh, I agree. So I have a next movie to talk about. Right on me, I believe this is going to be on your list of stuff to talk. Okay. And this is the movie I'm most excited to discuss with you. Let's so talk. I want to do it at the top. You ready? Do it at the top. Incident 
in a ghost land. Yes. This okay. Is on my list. Uh, How did you watch it? Uh, I paid to rent it on Amazon Prime. Good. Uh, so where to start with this fucking movie? I can tell you where to start with this fucking movie. It's written and directed by Pascal. I don't know. Laguiri, 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 Laguiri. French film director. That's right. So what this, uh, okay. Backstory for Incident in the Ghostland. Um, about a year and a half ago, I got wind of this film called Ghostland. And at that time, the reason I got wind of it was it was Pascal. Again, we don't know how to say his last name. I'm going to say Laguiri. That's definitely not how to say That's his name. Definitely not it, but it's so better I, than what I got. I got wind of this film directed by the guy that directed Martyrs, right? And I've been waiting for years. Literally, his last film was The Tall Man in 2012 with Jessica Bill. That is six fucking years ago. Mm-hmm. Almost, almost seven years ago. Correct. So, and that movie is sort of a mess. Um, I haven't seen it since 2012. I've never watched it. Okay, I've seen it. Um, it's interesting, but it's not good. And did Ma- he write that? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, Martyrs is one of my top 10 favorite horror films of all time. Okay. Like, let's get out of that out of the way. So I think Martyrs is a ultimate classic, especially of this new era of horror and especially of the, uh, French extremism. Correct. Uh, movement. So we, I assume you like Martyrs as well. Love. Uh, I've only seen it once. Wow. Okay. Uh, that? And I can't believe you've only seen it once. And I and how could I rewatch it? It's I can't. Right? It's a tough watch, right? No, no, uh, no, 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 no. I don't mean because it's brutal. I mean, like, is it available to like just stream? You know, it's funny. To rent? It, it's on VOD. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is it um, like the unrated cut? It is. Last time I watched it, I actually came back to town uh, from school. Uh, I was uh, at NMSU. Long story short, a friend was like, "Hey, let's watch Martyrs," and I was like, "Fuck my Blu-ray, which I have." which is a Blu-ray from Canada by a company called E1 Entertainment. It's long out of print, worth a lot of money now. Uh, but I didn't have it with me. So we went to the PlayStation store. And okay. It was fucking there. Oh, we wow. just rented it. It was like four bucks. So anyways, Martyrs. Okay. One of my favorite films of all time. And uh, so I've been waiting for this guy to make another movie. Let me interrupt you real quick. Do you have the DVD? I do. And no, you can't have it. I was going to ask to borrow it. Not even the you DVD. You can borrow it. You can borrow the DVD. But yeah. You can't have it. I wasn't uh, going to ask to have it. That mo- that DVD is worth money. One of the lone DVDs that's worth money. Oh, well. So, uh, I think it's wine. Isn't it TWC? I don't fucking know. I think it's a Weinstein Company uh, film. Okay, so Keegan loves <laughs> martyrs. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, years go by. Haven't heard from Pascal Laguiri uh, in quite a long time. About a year ago, I get a wind of this film called Ghostland that just premiered Incident at Incident in a Ghostland. It was called Ghostland. Uh, oh, really? At this film festival. Okay. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And so then a year goes by, drops off my radar, completely forgot about it. Well, uh, pops up. Yes. Here it is. It's called Incident in a Ghostland now. Yes. It's uh, shit out on the DVD here in the States. Right. No blue for it. <clears throat> That's right. And so the reason I set this up is to me, even if this is a big deal to me. Right. When I found out this was just out hotly anticipated for Keegan. Um, but again, it had fallen off the map. So it's not like I was like, where's it at? Where's that? Where's that? All of a sudden I was like, Oh shit, here it is. It's just available. Cause it's a foreign film. Who would like to start? I think arrow put it out in the UK. They did. Uh, well I can, let me tell you why I watched it. Okay. Uh, It had nothing to do with, uh, the being the director of martyrs having a new film. Um, I'm actively trying to seek out, uh, any new film released in 2018 horror film. Uh, you know, so I can, Work on my uh, top end 10. of the year list, right? Exactly. Yep. 
And then uh, John Squires, writer for Bloody Disgusting, he was tweeting how he felt like it was getting no attention. Uh-huh. And then Shane saw Shane saw tweeted the same thing about, hey, watch this. And I was like, well, fuck, okay, there's two people telling me to watch it. Easy picked it up. Pick them up. Yep. So uh, I'll go first. You go first, G. Tell All us right. what it's about. It's in the ghost land. This is quite a film. Okay, so my first... Uh, I take notes, right? I haven't spoken about any of my notes so far. One of my notes. It the, wouldn't be a Ghoul Squad episode. Yes. Without incident, incident in a ghost land, semicolon. Holy shit. Um, because, wow. So, uh, okay. This film, uh, I, I can already feel that I'm going to offload uh, explaining this film onto you. But I'll try. This film is about two sisters Correct. that, uh, with their mom, go to a house out in the country. Is that, this supposed to be America? I think, but I can't see, tell. I'm, see, I'm not sure either. And the mother is speaking French the entire she time. Is. Right. Um, and they, they go to this house, and apparently they just bought the house. and Inherited. Moving. Inherited. Thank you. Correct. So they go into the house. and uh, along Des- the- Describe this, the, the sisters, though. How so? Uh, so one is like, this sucks. I hate my family. She hates that she has to move. Uh, she hates that she has to leave her friends. She seems to be, you know, a cool, popular chick. Yes. The other uh, sister, her... She's us. Uh, right. She Her her idol is H.P. Lovecraft. Yes. Uh, she's an aspiring horror novelist, and she doesn't care about any of those things that the sister is upset about leaving. Yes. And, you know, <coughs> at the start of the film, uh, they show a picture of H.P. Lovecraft. Yes. They, they Do they even show his, like, date of birth and his... I think uh, so. ...death date? And I was like, is this going to turn into some tentacle shit? See, I thought Please so, continue. too. I wanted tentacle shit. Okay. Dog always wants tentacle shit. Please keep going. <laughs> Great drop. Uh, Thank you. So, yeah, Incident in Ghostland. What ends up occurring, let's just, I won't spoil further, but they get to the house. They get to the house. Uh, long story short, they get home invaded. Correct. By uh, people Two in a people. ice cream. They, they drive up in an ice cream truck. Yes. Uh, basically out of 31. And um, one is this big, fat dude that's, like, uh, mentally challenged. Uh, developmentally disabled would be the politically correct term. Please okay, continue. I like that better. And then uh, one that's cross-dressing? I don't know, I don't know what to call it. Uh, a man. A man, sure. Um, and uh, basically, how do I talk about it from here? Let, let me talk. I take it from here. Please do. So they get home invaded. Shit happens. Yes. The film advances 15 years. Yes. Uh, the daughter who's aspiring horror novelist um, has succeeded. Is now a writer. She, she is wildly, wildly She's like the successful. new Stephen King. Right, almost. exactly. Um, her books make a ton of money. She's going to go on a, a book tour. She's married to this beautiful ass dude. They have two children. Meanwhile, the mother still lives in the house along with uh, the other sister who has suffered such traumatic uh, PTS has such traumatic PTSD she's from like, that night. She's like broken as a person to this yeah, day. She she still like lives in that night. Yes. And so the successful sister decides to go visit uh, the mother and the sister and crazy shit ensues. Yeah. So, you know, again, where to start? Because this is quite a film and uh, it goes very, very many places. So we don't want to spoil what happens in the film at all. But uh, basically... You know, because it's a Pascal Liguiri movie, um, a lot of wild violence occurs. I didn't feel that strong. I didn't either. About, I mean, yes, there's violence, but I didn't feel it was too hard hitting. I agree. It's no fucking martyrs. No. No, And what is? 
But here's what I thought was that was actually I'm glad you said that. It was actually one of the positives I felt about it was while the film was portraying heinous acts here and there, I didn't feel like he overshot them. Like I feel like sometimes a couple things happen. Felt there was some restraint. Yeah, we didn't see some stuff too. Okay, and absolutely. so constantly we'd come back to. Uh, for instance, the girls and they'd be beat up, but we wouldn't see them get beat up. Right. And I liked that. Cause like, I don't need to see that shit all the time. Sure. And he, trust me, he did that in martyrs. And while I love that movie, that's the worst part of that movie, but it's sort of required for the way it goes. But, um, incident in a ghost land where, where, what, how else do we talk about the movie? What? I don't think there's much else to say at yeah. least in terms of plot. Do we like it? Uh, okay. So I liked it. Me too. I am not as strong as it. I don't feel like I liked it as much as you, but. I want to. Like, I'm ready to give it another chance. I think now that I know the events that occur, I think it will play better for me a second time. Yeah, I thought this film was... uh, So I'm just going to start going into generalities, which I don't normally like to do, but I don't want to talk... I don't want to spoil this film. So I I think it's a wild fucking nutso script, nutso movie that um, only Pascal Liguiri could figure out some wild narrative like this. And uh, I really liked it. Now, I don't think it's like top five uh, uh, the of the year at all. And um, might make my back. That surprises me. I thought you would have gone that high. No, might make my back five. We'll have to see how it shakes out. This feels like like the leather face of this year, which is a compliment. Um, I felt like I loved that movie. And I feel like this is borderline there. But it's so convoluted at times that I feel like it's a little overcomplicated for its own sake. Um, when events are fleshed out, do you feel that's no longer a problem? No, I think the film is confusing Okay, at times. Okay. And once it finally reveals itself to what it is, you're like, okay, but still the film was confusing. Right. And so, Why did you set me up for one thing and then right. throw that curveball? So, well, Martyrs, okay, for, for instance, Martyrs has things in it that I think are... That, that are similar to this, but the film just plays as it is. It doesn't ask you to say, wait, what is going on? Until finally it it puts a shotgun in your face and said, none of that was going on. This is what's going on. God, um, don't say that. So uh, anyways, it's in a ghost line. It's been an awful uh, review. Um, I really liked it. Me too. I want to like it more. Me too. Uh, I would like to get that Blu-ray from the UK, but we'll see. I bought the DVD. It was $12 on Amazon. That's awesome, Duff. I can't believe you bought the DVD. I bought the DVD. I'm just so much more inclined to watch something when I have a physical copy. Me too. Let alone. Well, it's like going to the the video store, right? Like once you actually have it in your hands, you have to watch it. Right. It's like, oh shit, now it's here. So Incident in a Ghostland, I thought this was quite a film. Uh, My notes are Lord have mercy, what a film. Not pleasant. Wall-to-wall tents, and not what it seems. Yes. I think that's vague enough. Yes. Uh, I also thought the actresses were really fucking good, right. especially the main actress. I, I I was totally on board for like when she's her young whole or performance. when she's older. Both. Both. Okay. They're both great. Okay. Um, great, fantastic performances. So there you go. Incident in a ghost land. Okay. Oh, how about this? And then we'll move on from it. Do we recommend it to people? Because it's quite an insane movie. It's easy to follow. Once, that's once not exactly is, what I'm saying. Once, oh, I, I'm saying, you know, there's... You think it's like acquired to dig it? Yeah, I think that it's important for you to know that you're getting into quite a uh, violent film. I feel the average Joe could handle instant in a ghost land. 
I don't know if you know the average Joe Da. Uh, Are we I, talking it, about Carl's Batty and oil fill trash? No. Uh, okay. I'm thinking about my, my brother's uh, wife. I think if I showed Incident in a Ghost Land to her, she'd be like, why did you show this to me? You don't think she'd be along for the twist? I don't think so, no. Hmm. The twist isn't the issue. The violence is. I, think that, I just think that that would be quite tough to watch. So anyways, if you're into stuff like this, if you're into stuff like Martyrs, uh, check it out. You know, that makes sense. I guess I'm just a jaded guy. You definitely are a fucking jaded guy in more ways than one. But uh, let's not get into that on this podcast. Okay. Can I do one? Yes, please. Take it uh, away. The uh, I got a recent Christmas film. Uh, all the Creatures Were Stirring. Is this the Rebecca McKendry film? This is the uh, Rebecca McKendry film. Uh, she's one of the hosts of uh, Shockwaves. Yes. And she wrote and directed this uh, with her husband. Did you pick this up at Walmart? Uh, Melissa rented it from Redbox. Nice. Um. All the Creatures Were Stirring is a Christmas anthology film. Uh, it's about a couple who goes out. Maybe they're not a couple. It's like a date. It's a little weird between them. Uh, they go to a theater. Uh, it's Christmas Eve. And on stage, there's actors performing. And whenever they start performing, then it turns into the segment that we see. Um, some were hit or miss. Um some of the ones that I liked, uh, the first one starts off as a um, office Christmas gift exchange that turns deadly. Uh-huh. Um, there were some that were just like, ooh, that's kind of bad about a guy who uh, accidentally hits a, uh, a reindeer with his car, and then the reindeer comes to his house to kill him. Oh, nice. <laughs> it was one of the – I thought it was the worst segment. Okay. But my favorite segment of uh, the film was about a man – who every Christmas is visited by aliens. I like that. And it ends up really fucking sweet. Huh. Uh, not scary at all. And uh, I could have used more of that uh, in this film. Um, I definitely don't think this is one I'd want to watch. Yearly? Yearly. But man, if you're looking for a new uh, Christmas entry, then I recommend all the creatures okay. were stirring. Yeah, I've been uh, toying with watching it, but I've gotten such I it too, mixed reviews mm -hmm. like everyone's like oh it's not that good it's good and i'm like well i love rebecca mckendry and shockwave so i feel like i need to support it but at right. the same time um i don't want to waste my time but you saying i need to see it okay it's also only like 88 minutes well that's good yeah so yeah if you can catch it before christmas i got yes you. watch it all right, let me talk a uh, – are you, is that it for – I'm done, da. All the creatures are stirring. I'm done, da. Uh, also, I'd real quick, I'd like to apologize. Uh, I don't know what the hell's going on with my voice today, so I apologize for my uh, terrible voice. But the pod must continue. Yes. And with that, uh, I watched a Christmas horror film that I had never seen. Wait on me, um, Very excited about this movie. And unfortunately, before I even talk about it, it's not good. Uh, this is called Silent Night, Deadly Night 3. Oh, interesting. Better I've, watch out. I've never seen any Silent Night after part two. Yes. Yeah, so I have wanted to watch these. Uh, since How I did you watch it? Okay. Here you go. Uh, stars. It's on Stars. Oh, nice. So what three, I, four, and five? Uh, yes. Just for sure. Oh, three. interesting. So what I did was I did a trial on Amazon nice. for Stars, and I just watched it on the Amazon app. Um, Silent Night, Deadly Night 3. Better watch out. Um, not good at all. I uh, would not recommend you to watch this at all. I watched it uh, last, last night. You know I want to watch it, though. It's not good. Uh, barely barely about Christmas. Let me ask you this. Compare it to Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 just in terms of enjoyment. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 is better. Uh, okay. So this has a Ricky Caldwell 
in it from part two. Correct. Uh, he is now in a coma. Yes. And he's played by a Bill Mosley. Nice. Um, Bill Mosley uh, awakens from his coma as Ricky Caldwell from part two. Um, he has this. Is he the devil? And is he there to do the devil's work? I wish. No. Okay. Uh, that's a different film. But uh, yes. no. So, yes, you know, it looks cool at first because Bill Mosley's this Ricky Caldwell woken from a coma. Is it a young ass Bill Mosley? So it looks cool because it's this. It is. It okay. is. Um, and he has this. Uh, he's in a hospital gown the whole film. And he has. Doesn't he have something on his head? I'm like, trying to get to that, Doc. Like his brain's exposed? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he I has, haven't seen it. He has this, like, fishbowl thing on his head with uh, his brain in it, and there's, like, uh, uh, red liquid in it. Could in you his explain brain. that to me? What? Could you explain that to me? What? Why does he have a fucking fishbowl on his head? I have no idea. They don't explain why his brain is fucking showing? No. Okay. He's been in a coma since the shootout at the end of part two. Okay. Uh, played by Bill Mosley, has this thing on his head. And he has an adversary for whatever reason. His someone ad- worse than him. Someone more nope. evil than him. Nope. It's this girl that happens to be blind and is psychic. Okay. I'm confused. Okay. Psychic blind girl. Okay. Here's my notes. Okay. Oh, awakens from a coma and is after a psychic blind girl. Boring slog of a film. Border- borderline fake movie. Padding. So. Ouch. You know. You said padding and that's all Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 does. That's what this is. So, so it's even worse than the padding than part two? Okay. Is there flashbacks and shit too? There's a couple of flashbacks. From which film? One or two? One. But okay. here's what's weird about it. It's not padding in the sense that it's replaying the first film. It's padding of like walking down a hallway and then walking down the hallway the same, uh, the reverse way. Because okay. it looks like they probably had one set. And then uh, walking around this house that the whole fil- ending of the film uh, culminates at with uh, Ricky Caldwell, uh, Bill Mosley trying to kill uh, her and her brother and uh, brother's girlfriend. Like does a slasher? This, does this take place on Christmas? Where, when is Christmas referenced? It's I, not really. Is there fucking like, uh, is there like Christmas decorations up in the hospital? Is there a yes, little tree? Barely. And okay. at the end of the film, the only Christmas reference in the whole thing. So for the last- Does, anywhere wear, does anyone wear a Santa suit? Uh, yes, he kills someone in a Santa suit okay, at the hospital good. when he breaks out, right? And I'm thinking, oh shit, he's going to put the Santa suit on and all will be saved with for this film. Yes. Uh, he walks past the Santa that he killed and he leaves in the, uh, the gown. Huh. It's terrible, Doc. That sounds bad, though. So what it culminates is, is, is Ricky Caldwell trying to find... Uh, he can't talk. He's like a zombie, basically, because he's awoken from his coma. And he's trying to find the girl and kill her. Well, do they explain... Uh, what's the relationship nope. between them? Okay. Nope. No relationship. Not at all. Okay. She's blind and psychic. She didn't grow up at the fucking orphanage nope. with them or something? And he wants to kill her. Okay. It sucks, man. It, you know, well, it's really disappointing. Me out, but I still want to see it. No, nah, it's not good. I would not watch this at all. Now. But I want to eventually see four and five. Me too. The initiation. And to four and five, I got to see fucking three. I just want to see the toy maker. Is that five? That's five. So, uh, you know, not a good film at all. And... The only thing I would say is there's a couple scenes. What about of, gore? What about titties? The only thing I would say is there's a couple scenes of gore that are okay. Okay. But when I say that, don't think like blood rage, badass. Okay. okay. It's like uh, he, someone gets stabbed with a uh, sharp piece of wood and you can see it go through the other end and it's bloody and there's meat on it. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then the rest of the movie is just like literally, okay, pretend if you had a movie, but you need to make it 88 minutes. So you just have your main character walk around the house and look scared for probably 20 minutes. 
And then he comes in in the last 15. It was awful, though. It was terrible. So, Silent Night Deadly 3 better watch out. Is there any eight ball and corner pocket jokes? There's not, unfortunately. Okay. So, that was Silent Night Deadly 3 better watch out. Uh, Even though you just spoke negative, I still want to watch it. I would not recommend it. Okay. But I want to hear your next film. My next film is going to be another film called Better Watch Out. Okay. But this one was Christmas Evil. But you go first. Okay. Uh, I watched the new Candyman. Okay. Blu-ray. Are you going to give me the line off Duh. the bat? Well, we'll get there. Okay. Uh, no, we're not quite there yet. We'll, we'll get there. You know what's coming. Um, I hadn't seen Candyman in a minute. Candyman is so fucking good. Yeah. It is so good. Like, I don't know about top 10 of all time for me, but it's definitely like top 20, top 15. It's awesome. It is so fucking good. And I know I always fucking say this shit. I know I always fucking say tall man should be up there with the likes of Freddy and Jason. But I also feel that way about Candyman now. I feel like I want to get two tattoos on my forearm. I want one to be the tall man. I want one to be fucking Candyman. Because I just fucking love both of those fucking horror icons so much. Now, well, let me ask you this. Go ahead. You say they should be that big, right? As like Jason or Freddy. Sure. But uh, farewell to the flesh. I think it's a farewell to the flesh. Oh, I like this. Because I didn't watch. Oh, no, I don't like this. I was hyped. I, uh, Farewell to the Flesh was available on Amazon Prime. I'm so concerned. I followed it up. All right, Eric, tell us about Candyman. All right, so um, everybody's complaining about how much Scream Factory Blu-rays are. They're $35. And you know what? I'm right there with you guys. That's fucking expensive. Yes. But I was so impressed with the amount of new content yeah. that uh, Scream Factory loaded on this Blu-ray that I feel like that's a justifiable price tag, at least for this release. One of them was uh, Unrated Director's Cut. Did you know an Unrated Director's Cut uh, uh, existed I, a I Candyman? I think so, but I'm not sure what the last one I I had was. no fucking idea an Unrated Director's Cut of Candyman existed. So what's the first thing E-Dog did? I watched that fucking Unrated Director's Cut of Candyman, and then I watched the fucking theatrical cut of Candyman. And if I'm being completely honest, I didn't see a difference. Oh, okay, good. But, man, that Blu-ray just looks and sounded awesome. It's just incredible. I was eating up the interviews with Tony Todd. Do I need to say what Candyman is? Fuck no. If you don't even know what Candyman is, just fucking watch that shit because Candyman is so goddamn good. Now, here's what I'm getting at. Not every Friday is good. I take that back. Yes, it is. Not every every nightmare is good, right? No, not so. Freddy's fucking up there. So what? So he struck out with Farewell to the Flesh and fucking Day of the Dead. I love Candyman, G. I love fucking Candyman. And here's the thing. Okay, so, of course, I want to get to the part. And, and you know what I love about Candyman? What's one, that? One of the things I love about Candyman, like, one of the reasons I love, like, Basket Case so much is just how, you know... Um, Sense of place. Yes, how Frank Candelar just captures that nasty, fucking grimy mm-hmm. New York. Mm-hmm. And Bernard Rose, is it Bernard or Bernard? Bernard th- or Bernard? I think it's Bernard. Okay, I Bernard. So. Uh, director... Writer of Candyman, uh, adapted from a Clive Barker yes. short story. Um, it takes place in the Chicago projects. Uh-huh. And man, it's captured like that is one scary, hostile place to be. According to Tony Todd, in one of those fucking interviews on the new disc, mm-hmm. those are real fucking gang members in the fucking film. And they had snipers on adjacent buildings in case those dudes try to get out of hand. 
You think Tony Todd's bullshitting you? I don't know. I like Tony Todd. <laughs> okay. Uh, Hellfest coming out January 8th on Blue. You know y'all need date off the top of your head? Y'all need to watch that who fucking slept on Hellfest because my man, <laughs> Tony Todd, got a small part in it. I heard that you were looking. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. Thank you. So, Candyman, Virginia Madsen. She's investigating these scary-ass projects, right? Yes. There's a gang who... Damn, I'm just screaming, Doc. No, keep going, Doc. I need to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it no, down. No, don't take it down, Doc. Keep down, going, Doc. keep going. Okay, so Virginia Madison is fucking investigating... scary-ass fucking project in Chicago. There is a gang there. Yes. Right? So Candyman, you know, he's just urban legend. He's, he's got just, bees. He's just folklore, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, there's a bad dude there who's taking on the persona of Candyman, a real man, uh, to scare people who may try to fuck with him and his gang, right? Yes. Well, he doesn't like that Virginia Madison is snooping around his projects. And he goes and he hits her with her hook. But before he does, he goes, we hear you're looking for the Candyman, bitch. <laughs> now, I watched that. And, you know, I, you know, for whatever reason, that line, I guess, didn't yeah. click with me. Like, all the times I'd seen before. And then you talked Candyman. <laughs> and then, so whenever that line happened, I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. We hear you're looking for the Candyman, bitch. <laughs> and I loved it. And I, and I thought it was so great. It was terrific, right? Yeah. So, yeah. fast forward, like, two days later, I watched the theatrical cut. And I realized... I'm not impersonating the man who says that to Virginia Madison in the following scene. So she gets beat up and in the following scene, she's at a police station and they're doing a police lineup of men and they're having the men say that line. Yes. In order for her to pick out who attacked her. And you know who I'm impersonating? The second man in the lineup. He's the one who I think he does the better of the, you're looking for Candyman, bitch. And uh, it's so fucking good. Candyman too. Uh, farewell to the flesh. Farewell to the flesh. Yep. Uh, I'm a f- forgetting the main character's name, but it's about a woman who is a descendant of Candyman. Her her father uh, has been killed by Candyman because he's learned how to stop Candyman. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, it's good. I like it. I would say, like, if you're as hyped on Candyman as I am, sure. watch fucking part two. But it's just too much information on the backstory. Yeah, we exposition. Get his, we get his full name. We see like when he's lynched, and I don't think we need uh, any of that information. Um, and also like the way he's defeated, like why he's trapped in mirrors. Eh, eh, eh. eh. But you know what? E dog ice candy man. So I was stoked to. I was stoked to get more candy man, bitch. Love it. Yeah. So I want to get to Day of the Dead. It's on stars, I believe. Okay. Uh, I just don't know how soon I'll get there. Yeah, not Tom, gonna... <laughs> I, I, Tony Todd has said that he don't like Dave the Farewell, Dead. Farewell to the Flesh didn't get you pumped for uh, Day of the Dead? Now, here's what's great. Okay, here's what's great. Before uh, farewell, before I knew Farewell to the Flesh was on Prime to stream, I was like, I think I have that on VHS. I'm going to go rummaging through my box of VHS tapes to see if I have that film. I stick my hand... Into this box. It's not a very deep box. And a dog bit your fucking hand at the bottom of the box. I pull out not only Farewell to the Flesh, but a dead fucking cockroach with it. Are you serious? I am serious. So I uh, put the cassette back down, washed my hands, happy to see that it was available to stream on Prime and watched it. And moved on with your life. And moved on with my life. Nice. I love it. So, E-Dog loves. E-Dog loves. 
Candyman, bitch. <laughs> okay. Please. Uh, yeah. What else you got now? Oh, I was just going to say Candyman. Um, Let's talk Candyman. You know, so I have the region free Blu-ray that Correct. I got. It was like only 10 bucks on Amazon UK. Oh, wow. And uh, look good enough. And yeah, it's such a great movie. And you know what's I, also amazing? The score. Yeah. And I, Philip Glass knocks it out of the park. Not just such a haunting fucking theme. And I, uh, I had mentioned to you that like, I didn't realize how like psychosexual the film was, like how like kind of there it's a love story. Yeah, but it it doesn't feel like it. Like if you don't know that, you almost might miss it. But um when I was watching it last time, I was just noticing how like how much of a love story it was. Mm-hmm. And uh I like Virginia Madsen in the film. It was always you, Helen. Yes. So, that was what what was that, Eric? We hear you looking for the Candyman, bitch. So, uh, a candy man. Not sure how to top that. That might be the height of the podcast. <laughs> it's all downhill just, from here, just folks. Just me screaming about how it's much I love all candy man. downhill. Yeah. From here. So my next thing. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, it is Christmas Evil. Uh, I have not seen this film. Christmas Evil, a.k.a. You, bet, you better watch out. Now, I finally saw this. I've had the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray for three years. Wow, I just really watched it this well, year. Well, hang on. Every okay. year, I'm like, oh, this is year we're going to watch Christmas Evil. And then I can't no, get my brother happen. to watch it with me. So shout out to Ben. What's up, Ben? Uh, <laughs> uh, so anyways, finally watched Christmas Evil. And this is really quite a movie. Okay. Um, I wouldn't put this up with Silent Night, Deadly Night. Um, but this is really good. Like, this is a good film. So what it is, is this guy that uh, him and his brother are young boys they go downstairs to see if santa is uh coming down the chimney and it's really not explained but there is a santa and they see their mom uh being porkin santa porkin santa okay so uh that occurs and then it flashes forward like 30 years it's like this 30 40 year old man that works at this toy shop and he's now obsessed with santa for whatever reason so literally every day he wakes up and watches the children being naughty, uh, like Christmas parade and Thanksgiving parade. And yes, he even looks out his window of his apartment complex and he takes down notes about which children across from him at his apartment complex are doing naughty things. Right. I saw the first 20 minutes of this movie. Once. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of thought that's what the film was going to be like him targeting the children, but really it turns more into he's working at the toy, uh, place and it's finally christmas and for whatever reason he just snaps so he dresses as santa good puts the whole get up on good he looks perfect as santa good and he goes around and he is trying to it's kind of wholesome in a way because he's trying to give presents to all the kids that don't have them so he even he steals all he backs this his this van up and steals uh, a lot of toys from his toy factory without telling anybody and then wraps them up and goes as Santa to this, like, I think it's like a mental facility for children and he backs it up and gives them to the kids. And the staff is like, Oh, thank you so much, Santa. Like, who are these from? We'd like to, and he's like, he's acting like Santa. Well, they're from Santa Claus. They're from the North pole. Ho, ho, ho. And this whole thing. So it's, it's kind of wholesome. It you're looking for Santa Claus, bitch. So then as it progresses, he sees people from work that he doesn't like, and uh, he starts killing people as dressed as Santa. And uh, yeah, there's this scene where he's trying to protect the kids, and the kids protect him because he's Santa, but uh, he's killed people. 
and uh, sort of it just goes hmm. from there. That and he cool. he eventually his brother's looking for him. Like he never misses our Christmas dinner. Like where is he? And they find out there's this Santa killer on the loose killing people. And they're like, well, that can't be him. And and it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good. And I here's my notes for Christmas Evil. Uh, sleazy, but not that sleazy. It's just kind of sleazy. Uh, very well acted. This is a movie that I thought was gonna be like Grindhouse. The main character, of this I I should have wrote his name down. Um, really, really good. Like he he portrays this character. Like I bought that he was obsessed with Christmas. He wanted to give toys to kids that didn't get toys. Like he just wanted to be Santa, mm-hmm. not evil Santa. Not evil Santa. But then he ends up in his rage killing people as Santa. Uh, it's not like Silent Night, Deadly Night, where it's like punish. It's like we want you to get. Oh, he also, uh, one of the naughty kids. Uh, he 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 drives to his house and puts a big ass bag of coal out in front of his door and then puts his name on it. And he like smiles and leaves because he's like, yep, that's he's naughty, so he gets that. But he's like so excited to be Santa, so it's it's not really comical. Like where Silent Night, Deadly Night is like a B movie that's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. This was like kind of seriously acted. Like this guy is obsessed with Santa. He's crazy, and he thinks that this is what should happen. Um, and of course, it it goes crazy from there. So uh, sleazy, very well acted, much better acting than the material. Um, does that make sense? Like it's much better acting than you would think from what it is, and uh, elevates grindhouse type film and uh, Santa Killer. So, anyways, Christmas Evil. You know, this isn't the type of film like Silent Night Deadly Night where you can say. Go fucking watch this. This is a blast. It's not really a blast, but Christmas Evil was like legit really good. I want to watch it. Sounds yeah, cool. Yeah, it's good. Uh, again, it's not fucking wild like Silent Night, Deadly Night, but it's kind of a more serious take on that type of thing. So That sounds cool. Really it sounds it. good. How did that blue look? Because uh, what's on available it, on Shutter looks like ass. It looked pretty good. Like it looked pretty good. I got it from the um, their Black Friday sale like three years ago for like $12. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, Christmas evil from vinegar syndrome. Go pick that shit up. Like, again, it's not the best Christmas horror film in the, you know, like that I've ever seen, but it was a different type and I really liked it. Christmas evil. You better watch out. Eric, what's your next one? Uh, the next film I've got on my list is the devil's doorway, uh, which is a film I watched because of what I explained about a incident in a ghost land. Yeah. Not that people were talking about it, but just because I'm trying to knock off, uh, 2018 releases. This is a found footage film that takes place in 1960 about two priests. Uh, there's an older priest and a young priest, and they are sent to investigate a Magdalene laundry. A Magdalene, a Magdalene laundry, and this is supposed to be Ireland, Okay, is a home for women who are prostitutes. Who oh, okay. Have, who have had... Uh, Children out of wedlock are, you know, have suffer from mental issues and they are watched over by nuns or cared for by nuns. And there we, we like nuns in films. And there is, well, these are like old, uh, we still like nuns in films. We still like nuns, but you know, they're not like these nuns going fuck nuns. Um, yeah, but it's the costume. Sure. Uh, these two priests are sent to investigate a statue of the Virgin Mary that is crying blood. Okay. And you know, it recently happened here, but it wasn't blood. Right. Hobbs, New Mexico. Yeah. Um, and didn't they decipher that? It was, it was olive like, oil. Yeah, olive oil. But why was it fucking crying olive oil? I don't know. Uh, scam? <laughs> I don't know. Right. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it was like crazy. And there was like fucking lines of people who yeah. were like coming from out of state to fucking see the see Virgin this. Mary weeping olive oil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Power of belief, man. Correct. 
Get you through anything. Uh, so these two priests are sent to invest to this Magdalene laundry to investigate this fucking crying uh, Virgin Mary statue. Um, you said when it was set, nineteen uh, sixties. This is a yeah. This is a eight, 2018 film, right? I guess you would establish film. that, but it's a new film, right? This, yes. this was uh, released this year. Um, the older priest is like, "This is bullshit. This is a hoax. I don't fucking buy it." You know, he's there to prove. That this shit ain't real. While the younger priest, he's like, no, this is a miracle. And I'm here to capture this miracle. So that plays out the found footage aspect. And supposedly, like, they really shot on, like, a 16 millimeter camera. Like, uh, a camera that would have been used during that time. The period, yeah. Mm -hmm. And for the first hour, da, this shit was terrifying. Really? I'm not exaggerating. So, um, one of the things you learn is that there are... At one point, children did live in this Magdalene laundry, but now children aren't allowed. It's just women. So every night uh, when – I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about this. Every night when the young priest goes to sleep, he's like haunted by children. Okay. And they're fucking with him uh, in the room, outside of the room, banging on walls. And, of course, the older priest sleeps soundly through the night. Wow. Okay. Eventually, they learn – there's a woman there who's pregnant who might be possessed as well. And they go to save the baby. And this is all the last 20 minutes and the film just falls apart. Mm. But man, that, that, that first hour was like, holy fuck. If I'm on board. Yeah. I was super stoked. I, I thought I was going to come out singing the praises of the devil's doorway. And if it could have just kept up its pace. Yeah. This would have made probably top 10. Mm, Maybe been on the outside, just like barely. Maybe trying to creep in. Um, so I would almost recommend this film, it, especially if you can stomach more found footage. Yeah, which so at least, we, we both really like found footage. I will watch more found footage, uh, at least just for that creepy-ass first yeah. hour of the film. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. it's hard to scare us these days. So. I scare easy, duh. Adida? Any, pounding on film? Me too. With a wall now or you're talk, You're talking about like pounding on a wall. Like, not... Okay, that scared me just now when you did yeah, that. Yeah, so. like that <laughs> shit. I'm surprised your whole wall didn't fall down when yeah, you did this, that, Doug. I, I kind of wish I didn't do that now. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if you like... a new crack in the fucking <laughs> ceiling. <laughs> I put another strip on the bobby up there. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, 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 I liked it, but it, it didn't stick with me. I like it, Mikey. Yeah, so that's the devil's doorway. I want to check it out because you say it's scary. I, I mean, shit that, you know, the thi- the only recent thing that actually scared me was Hell House LLC, the first one. God damn, that was scary. There is shit in that movie where I was just like, all right, fuck you. Like, that shit fucking mm-hmm. creeps me the hell out. Uh, yeah, that, that was a scary one. Yeah, and d- did you see 3 was announced? Yeah, I did, yeah. Hopefully, Fire Lake or something Hopefully like it's that? better than the second one. Yeah. What else you got, G? All right, what else do I have? I'm going to go through this one quickly, so I may do two here. Okay. Uh, the other one is, so I just talked about Christmas Evil, a.k.a. You Better Watch Out. So I rewatched Better Watch Out. This was a fun one. The uh, What is this, last year? This is last year. Last year, yeah. Um, Eric and I actually watched this together like shortly after we got back from Victor Crowley, right? Mm-hmm. It was available on VOD. Yeah. And uh, like liked it a lot the first time. We talked a lot about it last year. Uh, I really fucking enjoyed this yeah. the second time. Um, I don't this think... This was your second viewing? This was my second viewing. Okay. Um, I don't think this is going to be like a yearly view or anything like that, but... It's I, definitely a solid-ass Christmas horror yeah. entry. I was very excited to watch this because I was showing it to my brother and his wife, Sabra. You know, um, we like to show movies to people and kind of get their reactions and stuff. 
And uh, I just loved watching it with them because it's such a wild film where it goes. Like it, it presents itself as one thing and then kind of becomes something else. Um, and so, but the only problem was it, this film's a little dark, you know, it's a little grating, I feel like. Uh, so I'm not sure how much it worked. My brother said he really liked it. Um, uh, for them, I'm saying, but he said he really liked it. And, uh, I just think it's really good. Better. I mean, better watch out. If you need a new Christmas movie and you haven't seen better watch out, absolutely watch it. Cause, uh, it'll get you through the day. And uh, I saw Terror Threads did those shirts. And that's, oh, yeah, that's so it. fucking badass that they did it for like a new movie like that. I know they did Terrifier, but I think they had like a deal with that distributor or whatever. But it's dope that they did uh, Better Watch Out shirts. I didn't know they did Terrifier shirts. That's yeah. tight. Um, so anyways, I think I might leave it at that on Better Watch Out. Uh, that movie's fucking really good. Um, I don't think it's like a Christmas classic, but it's good. I'm going to talk another one real quick uh, because... I want to keep this holiday train rolling, but let's take a break from Christmas uh, horror films and let's talk a Thanksgiving horror film. And this is Blood Rage. Um, so I showed <laughs> I showed Blood Rage to my brother and his wife, which I've been doing a lot lately. Uh, they were ready for a movie night. And I go over there and I say, okay, what do you guys want to watch? And they're like, well, or no, I was on my way over there and Ben said, well, just bring something. And I thought, did he have his new TV at this point? Not yet. Okay. Uh, he said, bring something. And I go, okay. So I brought something and that something was blood rage, uh, AKA slasher. And, uh, yeah. So I had you say AKA slasher. Yeah. A slasher. It has an alternate title called slasher. Isn't the title card on the Blu-ray slasher. I don't remember. Pretty sure it is. Wow. Uh, it's also called nightmare at shadow woods. I think. Yes. So, there's like three cuts on that blue, right? Yeah. Okay. So we watched uh, the Arrow Blue, and I had seen it, and I love Blood Rage. And what I was noticing is, like, you know, watching it with my brother and his wife, you know, they're my brother loves movies, and he loves horror movies, but he's more of a normie, of course, than I am. Like, I'm a psychopath. I love a bunch of dumb shit, right? That's why we do this podcast. Right. Um, you know, I was noticing, like, maybe people that aren't you and I, Eric, maybe they don't get, like, when something is pure manic in a film... It probably just plays as stupid. Like when he throws the pie or whatever at the wall. I'm glad you brought that up because that was what I was thinking, right? Like, that's awesome to us. Like, he's throwing. That's great. That's a blast. He picks up. My brother laughed at that, by the way. But he picks up (laughs) the fucking pumpkin pie that his mom just brought him and he smacks it against the fucking wall. Um, If you haven't seen Blood Rage, watch it. If you're a horror fan, you love it, I'm sure. Uh, This is quite a film, man. Slasher that takes place on Thanksgiving. Yeah, it takes place on Thanksgiving. About twins. One may be evil. Killing people, uh, the other one may not. And you're not sure which one is which. Right. You learn one's been institutionalized while the other is not. Now, you were talking about when you spoke about Christmas Evil, about how impressive, how impressed you were by the acting. That's kind of how I feel with Blood Rage. Yes. Because it's just one actor playing the twins. But man, I would have bought that it was two fucking dudes. When I first watched Blood Rage uh, a couple years ago when I got the, the Blu-ray, I genuinely thought that was two. Yeah, that they were twins. Right. I thought there was two guys. Now I know people say that a lot, but this guy is great. Yeah. in the movie, um, he's fantastic. I even told that to them when we watched it. I said, you know, do you think this is two guys? And they said, because I asked, they said, well, is it the same guy? I was like, yeah, but uh, no, definitely. The acting is really good by him. I think the rest of the acting is super elevated, like for no reason. Like the whole movie is played at like a hundred, especially his mom. Right. Uh, but I think she's a blast because she's so fucking nuts in the movie. There's scenes where she's like, she's, she's calling an operator to find her like new boyfriend that's missing. 
And all she has to do is walk down the apartment complex to his office to find him. But right. she calls the operator and goes nuts on the operator. Operator, you can't find him. He's not answering. What do you mean he's not answering? What do you mean he's not it? Literally just insanity for insanity's sake. And, you know, I love that shit. I love when shit is just uh, at 200% for no reason in right. horror. Because at least they're striving for something. At least they're they're... They're Put some effort. Yes. So while the slasher is awesome, while the gore is fucking awesome, this is quite a really awesome movie. Uh, it is good gore. I, amazing gore. Um, I really, really like Blood Rage. Uh, I'm sure everyone out there does. But yeah, yeah, every Thanksgiving, I think we should all watch Blood Rage. And uh, that's Blood Rage. Uh, and that made my Thanksgiving even better. So Eric, what's your next thing? Uh, I've got another new film, a uh, film released in 2018. And I don't understand why people aren't talking about this film. I'm talking about The Ranger. This was produced by Larry Fessenden's uh, production company, company, Glassy Eye Picks, and directed by Jin Wexler. And what's weird is um, when we rented it, Melissa and I, uh, we found it at Redbox. Shout out. Um, I couldn't find it anywhere to like buy. Like hmm. go on Amazon and it's not there. They might have just sold. DVD or Blu-ray. They might have just sold Dick's. They're just so, selling dicks, da. They might have just sold discs to uh, Redbox. Which is wild uh, because I want this film. And I was asking Melissa, I was like, do you know what their replacement disc policy is? So I yeah. can keep this movie. Just keep it. Uh, because I liked it uh, that much. Uh, so The Ranger is about uh, blue hair, stud bell, flannel wearing punks. And at the start of the film, uh, they're at a show. And you learn that the main character, Chelsea, uh, her boyfriend has just robbed these drug dealers. Uh, I thought it was just supposed to be cocaine, but he calls it Echo. Uh, his plan is to start selling Echo and just make a ton of money. Well, cops show up, uh, bust the show, and they all split up in different directions. Uh, Chelsea gets cornered by a cop in an alley and her boyfriend comes and stabs the oh, cop. Oh, wow. Okay. So now they're on the run. And they don't know where to go. I'm on the run. The boyfriend has all this echo. And uh, not Amazon echoes, right? No, okay. no. Uh, Coke, cocaine. At least Coca-Cola. that's what I thought it was, right? Yeah. And Chelsea um, mentions that when she was a child, her uncle, uh, played by Larry Fessenden, not much more than like a glorified cameo. I don't want to call it glorified. Not much more than a cameo. He used to have a cabin uh, on some federal land in a national park. Um, one day, Larry Fessenden went out for a walk and was mauled horribly by wolves. So he's just like you. But yes, exactly. I mean, that's probably why I love Larry Fessenden so much. <laughs> you guys have a kinship. Yeah. Uh, but prior to his death, Chelsea as a child would go and spend time with her uncle uh, in this cabin. Uncle Larry. Right, Uncle Larry. So... All of the other kids are like, well, fuck yeah, let's go stay there. And she's real apprehensive. She doesn't want to take them there. But finally, they twist her arm and they go out to this cabin. And you see that nobody has been there in forever. It's all boarded up. So they get there and there's this manacle park ranger. And he starts picking off the kids. Maniacal? There's this maniacal park ranger who starts picking off the kids for like violating park rules. Okay. Uh, vandalism, punish, litter, littering, uh, open container, but it's played straightforward. 
It's not like for like you, even though you know he's what it made me think them, of. Go ahead. It made me think of Wolf Creek because I don't know if you remember a lot of mix. Uh, the reason he wants to kill him is they're not respecting the outback. Right. Um, is it like that at all? Yes. He's like, he's like, you know, like punish. He's like, you know, federal land for life. You know, <laughs> Okay. He's got like a he's tattoo na- on the na- back. National park, you know, federal he, land. You know, uh, you know, uh, this land needs to be conserved. Sure. Um, but even though, how, did, like, how does this relate to the prior thing you were just talking about with the, uh, with the police officer that gets stabbed? Because they're oh, on the run? That's why they have to run. I got, I got it. And they go to the cabin. And they go stay in the it. cabin, right. I lost you there, Doc. Uh, so even though those are like silly reasons to kill kids, these punk kids. Um, so this is a slasher? 100%. Ooh. It's played straightforward. And you learn that our main character, Chelsea, may or may not have a past with oh. this uh, park ranger. I want it to make my top 10. I hope it does. Huh. I liked it that much. I'm, it could get knocked out. If I see some other shit, if I reevaluate some shit, but man, the Ranger is fucking sick. Nice. There's some okay. fun gore. I was going to say, I, I almost feel like this movie, it's fucking got Larry Fessid in. It's a fucking deranged park ranger killing punk kids. So is this, is it mean? It is mean. Oh. Uh, one thing that I was sort of it's into. Easy speaking my language. One thing that I was sort of into. Um, so there are these two kids in the group. One's white. One's black. Uh, at first, I thought they were just like joking. Like, there's a part where like they're in bed cuddling with each other. And I turned to Melissa and I said, "Wouldn't that be great if they made these two characters gay?" And they made these two punk kids gay. I just thought that was awesome. I just thought that was uh, greatest thing since sliced bread. Well, I mean, that was that. That's not a stereotype. That's sure. not something you see. And I thought it was so awesome to see these two fucking characters fleshed out like that. Yes, quite was, literally. Yes. Um, it was. I really, really like the Ranger. the Ranger. Yes, directed, okay, directed by Jim Wexler, and as far as I know, you can only rent it from Redbox, which I encourage our listeners to do. So. Now you're not just jocking this. this is a real question because Be- it's Larry Fessenden. Because of Fessenden, you think it's really good? I really like it. Okay, cool. I really like it. Like I told you after I watched it, I was like, "Fuck, how do I keep this disc?" Shit, man. I uh, I definitely want to see that now. Um, I'll have to like, go to Redbox. How, like I jocked Fender Bender real hard. Yeah, it's it's hey. it's this year's Fender Bender. Fender Bender that? is great. It's this so, year's yeah. Fender Bender. You know, I was thinking about Fender Bender when you were telling the story. That is odd. The only thing I have a complaint with about Uh-oh. these modern slashers, these goddamn modern slashers, it's like these... they just don't make the killer look cool. Uh, I want a cool mask. Whereas this guy's just like in straight up like park ranger. Gear. Well, we're gonna talk about a franchise that has a cool mask. Um, soon, not yet. So if I had to nitpick the ranger and you know, and it's just like fun, you know, like um, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, bruh. punk music, like the entire time. And you know what it made me think about? Probably obviously, no, was, um, green room. But yep. you know, one thing I liked about green room is how like they're punk kids, but I feel like they're conservative punk kids in the terms of they're like just white t-shirt and jeans. Yeah. Whereas in the ranger, they're like blue hair and, you know, like studded fucking jackets and, I, I kind it's of like, like Night of the Demons. I, I I like I like the way the punks are um, displayed in the green room more than like I feel like the way they're the way they are in the Ranger that's like annoying punk and I feel like in the green room that's like cool punk. Are you sure? When you, you know you were gonna start. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, you said you were gonna do back patches soon. When are you gonna get on that? Ooh, I did. I need a jacket first. So everyone out there, Easy needs a jacket so he can recommend E Dog what style of jacket I should get so I can start my own backpack jacket. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and you can have a cool name like uh, E-Vomit. <laughs> uh, and that film that you talked was uh, Jim Wexler's The Ranger. That sounds great, man, especially that you're calling it the, uh, Fender Bender. I love Fender Bender. So yes. uh, I love Fender Bender, too. I need to look into it. So I, I can't wait to watch Ranger again, but what? Do I fucking go rent it from Redbox again? God damn it. Yeah, I hate Redbox. You know that. So I'll probably never go get it from Redbox, but it's got to be available somewhere. I'm telling you, dog. I mean, if I'm wrong, guys, let E Dog know. Shoot E Dog that link. E Dog that link. Shoot E Dog that Amazon link. So I'm buying me the Ranger. And then, you know, and it's like a full disc, too. Like it wasn't bare bones. Yeah. Which also kind of surprised me. Like they did fucking special features and shit for this. And they're just oh, that's sh- really weird. And then they're just going to shit it to Redbox? Well, hey, they probably got paid by Redbox to shit it they there. Probably so. got paid. Okay. Okay. I love uh, the Ranger. Awesome. Next film from me. Uh, let's go down the Christmas train again. I rewatched two nights ago, uh, Black Christmas. All right. Original. Now, original. Because you uh, say Black Xmas. My brother recently got a 70-inch TV, so I've been going over to his house. Shout out 70-inch TV. Shout out. Uh, been going over to his house a lot. Uh, shout out Ben for his 70-inch TV. Um, and yeah, we watched uh, Black Christmas. Uh, I've watched it with him before, so that wasn't new. Um, I've seen this Blu-ray before from uh, Shout so Factor. that wasn't new. But Tell you us, know Keegan, what? What was new this time with your Black Christmas viewing? Okay, Eric, thank you for asking. Uh, just what a fucking film this is. Okay. Uh, this is quite a goddamn movie. This is... Okay, so let's just get to the chase. I have a quote from Bruce Campbell. Okay. Uh, he was recently on that uh, Eli Roth show, and he said... History of horror. History of horror, and he was talking about Halloween. And he said, you know, there's a lot of slashers. And he goes, but you know, Halloween just happens to be the Cadillac of slashers. And I really feel like uh, Black Christmas is the Cadillac of Christmas horror films. Um, you know, I love Silent Night, Deadly Night, right? Uh, but... It's batshit insanity and a lot of fun. Um, Black Christmas is just a great fucking movie. It's not just a great horror movie or a great Christmas horror movie. I think it's one of the best horror films ever made. Um, I don't think I really even need to explain it, right? It's Black Christmas. Uh, girls at a sorority house are picked being, off one by one on, is it Christmas Eve or just Christmas time? Christmas time. Okay. Uh, and they are being uh, harassed by someone over the phone that is doing these really fucked up and scary voices trying to scare the shit out of them. And we don't know who the killer is. Um, and it's just, I mean, this film is shot like, you know, it's Bob Clark and he shot it like uh, a Christmas story, but as a horror film. So all the lights are like blooming out of the lens. Like they're all fucking, everything is bright as fuck with the, with Christmas lights and there's Christmas shit everywhere. It's just fucking fantastic. The acting is crazy good. Uh, Margot Kidder is this character in the film that's just like drunk the whole time. Mm-hmm. And she's just like. Uh, quipping one-liners and just drunk. Um, she's amazing, Margot Kidder, Rip. Uh, and then uh, I believe it's Olivia. Is it Hussey or Husey? I don't know how to say her name. <laughs> you ain't gonna get that answer. <laughs> yeah, <from me>, <laughs> thanks. Uh, I don't know how to say her name, but she is a fucking crown jewel in this movie. Uh, she's so good. And yeah, uh, John Saxon is the uh, police father. detective in the film. Um, is he not the father? He is not the father. But uh, <laughs> you can understand why I'm thinking he's the father. Yeah, because of. Uh, nightmare on the street um yeah you know i guess i'll end it here i just my you asked me what was new about watching black christmas and it's just one of the best movies ever made and this is a film that when i first saw when i was like 16 17 i didn't really get you know i thought you know i'm afraid I to agree see, with you i'm afraid to say this i actually liked black xmas more at the time but black like, xmas oh, is good black xmas is good but this film is you know top 10 
horror of all time almost. I mean, this is a great fucking movie. So Black Christmas, you know, don't don't just rent it. Buy this fucking Scream Factory it's Blu-ray. Like $14.99 on Amazon. It is one of the most gorgeous Blu-rays they've ever put out. So uh yeah. Know, you seen that Candyman blue? I heard you're looking for Candyman. You're looking for the Candyman, bitch. So uh yeah, uh, Black Christmas. I wanted to bring it up here to really say um, I don't think this is just like a good horror movie. I think it's one of the best ever. So Black Christmas, uh, Bob Clark. Eric. Also directed A Christmas Story. Yes, he did. Guy knocked it out with a couple Christmas films. What's your next film? I've got another new release. Uh, technically, this film was made in 2016, but it didn't see a release until this year, thanks to Shudder. It is a Shudder exclusive. It is Joe Mama's House. It is not Joe Mama's House. I am talking about the Spanish film, The Night of the Virgin. Uh, this film may be uh, the funniest horror film I've seen this year. I think it's a tie between this and Dead Shack. Uh, Night of the Virgin is about this dude who, just to put it bluntly, is like like an ugly nerd. Okay. It's Christmas. Uh, excuse me. It's uh, New did Year's. You, did you sympathize with him? Did you? Uh... Well, yeah, I identified with him right away. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> it's New Year's Eve. He's at a party. He meets an older woman who promises to take his virginity. Okay, I like that. So he goes back to her place. Where is he's, she hot? She's not bad looking. Oh, okay. I like um, that. And it's so great. Like he's like being like overly aggressive, like sexually towards her, but she's like not having it because you learn that she has an ulterior until she has other reasons of why she wants him back there. Ulterior motives, correct? Um, and when and whenever he gets back to uh, her apartment. He soon learns that she has a boyfriend who is very pissed and well endowed um, that with strength, there. with strength, of course. I, as I said, it's it's very funny. I almost feel like uh, I told this to Melissa as we're watching it. I almost feel like this is the American Pie of horror films. Huh. Okay. And it turns into really nasty, gross-out gags. Hmm. Not so much gore, but like. Like having sex with a pie? Like this is disgusting. Like Easy does not like disgusting so, stuff. So so one so her her apartment is just infested with cockroaches. Oh, it's like your house. <laughs> and there's cracks in the wall too. <laughs> no, that's true. I have a cockroach uh, cockroach problem. A cockroach. <laughs> I, I I have a coke problem and, and a, a cockroach, cockroach problem. problem. Anyways. Right. So, so like, for example, he gets into her place and he sees all these cockroaches and she's like, Don't step on cockroaches. That's bad luck. Well, of course, he's already stepped on a cockroach, but he doesn't want her to see that he's done that. So he picks up this squashed cockroach and he sticks it in his fucking pocket. Uh, three films come to mind. Um, Joe's Apartment. Not Joe's Apartment, but three films come to mind when thinking of The Night of the Virgin. Uh, as I've already said, American Pie, but that's not one of the three. Um, Peter Jackson's Bad Taste. Okay. Awful Ass Septic Tank. Excuse me. Septic man? Tank Man is no, it? No, Septic Man is Septic it? Man, and a Serbian film. Oh wow, that's and it, <laughs> and if, that's quite a trio of films, Eric. And if you like, well, it's like crazy, like weird, gross out, sex, gross out, horror. gross stuff. Sure. Right. So if you like one of those three films, if you like laughing at one of those three films, I strongly recommend. I strongly recommend you watch The Night oh, of the Virgin. Just thinking about it, only one of those films is good. Bad taste, right? I like a Serbian film. You like a Serbian film? I'm not saying I watch it. I don't know if you've ever said that. I like a Serbian film. Hmm. 
I'm putting it out there. I'm putting it on the pod. I've only seen it once. And I, I've seen it I, twice. I did not enjoy it. Did you, did it take I'm not look? saying it's like an enjoyable experience. But no, like, of course it's not. It's a good, well-made film that I like. I mean, it's a well-fucking-made film. It's, it's like just, how we say we like Cannibal Holocaust. But Cannibal Holocaust is fucking great. I mean, I like Serbian film. I just think a Serbian film is uh, a little nuts. One day we will talk Serbian film. Yeah. Um, neither you gotta, you gotta let me borrow your little DVD. You still have that? I, I do. I don't know if I can let that one out of my possession, Doc. Oh, that shit's but unrated. you want to borrow that shit? Like you want to borrow didn't, Martyrs? Didn't they like finally release like? Or correct me if I'm wrong. They put out a blue and it was cut. Yeah, but since then, haven't they finally put out like the unrated? So blue? like, I think it's unearthed films. Somebody's doing like a nutso oh, it box still hasn't set. Dropped yet. Hasn't dropped yet. Oh, and okay. there's an even more uncut version coming out. It has like then the unrated DVD. Yes, cut? no one's ever seen yet. Oh my god. Um, I may pick that up. I just don't like I, that film enough I, I to say pick that it up. I hunch shoulders. Yeah. I may pick that up. So, yeah. So, if I let you the... borrow Martyrs, are you going to let me borrow your fucking Serbian film? I suppose you're someone I can trust. This is how Eric... Do you guys hear Eric's logic here? Um, so, getting back to Night of the Virgin. Yes. It's a silly, gross-out film. It's American Pie is a horror film. Correct. Nice. I like that. Yep. Is it Porky's is a horror film? You know, I've never seen Porky's. Wow. Um, but there is some sexual situations where I was like, oh my God, this is happening. Some sexual situations. Yeah. That is Eric's uh, log line. Yeah. <clears throat> I've only got two more, Doc. What you got? All right. I've got a couple of things I can fire off. One is- Fire them off, Doc. Fire them off, Doc. Uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Great film. I got that steelbook from uh, Walmart. Nope. Uh, nope. Best Buy. Thank you, Eric. Best Buy. And uh, yeah, so I picked that up and not the Arrow Blue because it was only 10 bucks. The Arrow Blue is like 20 um, Such a fun movie. And uh, yeah, what a blast. Uh, the, re- the reason I brought it up is uh, when I saw this film when I was younger, when I was probably like 17, I didn't really like Killer Clowns. And I, I think I think at that time I really wanted the gore. You know, I feel like we yes. were gore hounds back then. Still are. And I didn't appreciate the zany Just ridiculousness. The yeah. yeah. And so I really like Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Uh, I really want to show this to my 13-year-old nephew. But unless it's Fortnite or Call of Duty, just fuck off. Fortnite. Yep. Uh, yeah, not a lot to say about Killer Clowns from Outer Space. You know, it's just, it's a blast of, uh, you know, cotton candy cocoons. Um, it's a blast. Clownzilla. Clownzilla. It's a lot of fun, man. Um, so if you have never seen that movie, please check that out. Uh, another uh, film that I do want to talk a little bit more about, and this is To Hell and Back, the Kane Hodder oh, nice. story. I started it, but I didn't finish it. Yeah, so I watched cool. it, and I was really, really uh, worried about watching this. Let me tell you why. So I'm a sap, right? Shit makes me sap. very sad. You know, if I see a du- puppy in a sewer drain, you know, and they're God, trying to get it. don't fucking put that image in my head. A puppy in a sewer drain. No, God. I'm kidding. Uh, you know, things like that really upset me, and people are like, oh, but like, it's okay in the end. I'm like, yeah, but I don't need the emotional trauma. Uh, so to hell and back the Kane Hodder story, you know, Kane Hodder is obviously played Jason. He's played Victor Crowley. He's been in several other films. Um, death house came out finally. Yep. Are you going to pick that up? Yeah. Epic, uh, pictures. I see diabolic has the exclusive blue. Yeah. I think that's, uh, what are people saying about it? No idea. Okay. Uh, I don't think that's an epic pictures film, but, um, yeah, to hell and back the Kane Hodder story. This is a documentary on, uh, sort of our horror career icon that we we love Kane Hodder you know I met him I have a picture with him I love him uh and you know he has a incredibly sad life story about how he was bullied as a kid how he got burned and how horrible the fucking burn was and how 
he never he he wanted to at one point in his life he wanted to kill himself to end the misery of his burn pain um and and the reason i say that is it's really sad i mean there but but i made it through it it didn't make me turn into a pile of tears but i it almost did and uh it's really fucking good um i need to finish it uh so my notes on to hell and back the kane hotter story are incredible story of kane sad and uplifting i love kane i mean he's just made me love him even more it's he it made him he's such a good person at least the way the film portrays him the one thing i would say for the criticism is it's not the most excitingly shot documentary like most documentaries find ways to like insert footage of other stuff to keep you involved this is a lot of kane talking now mm-hmm. I love Kane Hodder, so I liked this, but I feel like this is not the best directed uh, documentary I've ever seen. Um, it, it was kind of hard to stay engaged at times, but um, his emotional stories are, are well, they're very emotional. So uh, it's really good. So definitely, if you like Kane Hodder, you're going to love it. So it's awesome. Uh, to hell and back the Kane Hodder story. Eric, what's your next thing? Now the 2018 release. I'm talking about Netflix's Cam. Have you watched this yet? Not yet. Uh, this, I, I'm not planning on it. This Show shit, me on it, Eric. This shit was terrifying. Okay. Uh, cam is about a woman who is a uh, live cam actress. She works for a website where she performs in front of a camera. Men go to this site. Have you ever watched those in real life? No. <laughs> me either. <laughs> I just thought it'd be funny to ask you. Uh, men go to this site. Uh-huh. They give her suggestions of things to perform sexually. Of course. They can pay her. Uh, to motivate her like this is her world you know not only is this like her job not only does she get paid by this but like she wants to be uh popular doing it sure uh you the website that she performs on they have like a most watched girls Uh and at the start of the film she's just broken 50 and so this is like a big deal it's a huge deal and one of the big reveals uh, in the film i don't think this is a spoiler uh only her little brother knows that she does this her family doesn't know this is what uh, she does. Okay. So one day she goes to log in and she can't. She tries to get her account back uh, with no luck. And she soon discovers that there is someone identical to her performing under her Pseudonym. stage name. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you learn that she has three, she has several rules that she never breaks. And, uh, her doppelganger is performing all of those things that she would never do. And from this, uh, her popularity is rising, but again, she's doing things that she would never ever do. I feel like identity theft is kind of already a scary idea. Yeah, for sure. Taken to the extreme of now somebody is doing stuff as you that you would never do. Uh, for example, let me, let me ask you a question. Okay. For whatever reason, I had the impression that this film all took place like on a computer screen. Is that not the case? Only some of it. Okay. It's not like searching. Okay. Uh, I would almost say it's 50-50. Oh, cool. Where it's like traditionally shot and then there's camera, uh, excuse me, That's computer. That's kind of stuff. what I wish stuff like searching did. Like when it's a big scene outside, you don't have to show it on a camera phone. Like right. shoot it and then go back to the screen, you know, but right. Um, anyways. Uh, so, for example, uh, she has regulars that go and watch her. Mm-hmm. And there's a part where her doppelganger tells one of her regulars that she's in love with him. So, all of a sudden, this man just shows up at her mom's work. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, this guy thinks that 
uh, she's in love with him, and you know, and, and but you know, he's just this crazy ass stranger. That it sounds like met. my worst nightmare. Yeah, it's fucking uh, terrifying. So, so she, it escalates. I'm assuming. Yes, and so she sets out to try to get the uh, doppelganger, her identity back. Edog could have used more of a bow. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I need things a bit tidier uh, for me. Uh, when th- yes, uh, in a film's explanation of what's going on, sure. And, you know, the reason I was attracted to this film is, like, because of, like, Boogie Nights, because of, like, 8mm, I like when, like, the grimy side of, like, the porn industry is displayed. Mm-hmm. And this film hit uh, that box. Check mark that box for me. And this is available on Netflix. This is a Blumhouse film. That's cool. Um, a lot of people are watching this. Yes. And I kind of feel what like... What makes you not interested in Kim? You know, I... The- <laughs> Well, for lack of a better explanation, the idea of cam girls and horror, I feel like has been done a lot, and I just have never been interested in that. Please give me another example so I can watch it. I can't remember what that fucking movie is called, but it came out like three years ago. Uh, Shit. Oh, that's a good one. I don't remember. Yeah, it's called Shit. No, there's a film a couple years ago that was literally about the same thing. I think minus the doppelganger. Oh, wow. Um. But uh, anyways, that's Cam, right? That is Cam. Uh, okay, so my next film is another holiday-themed stra- slasher. There's There's been a theme here. Yeah. I've been talking new films. You've been talking holiday uh, Holiday films. Okay. And this, this is, is good. This is a good balance. Birthday. Happy birthday to me. Yes, happy birthday to me. Uh, did you watch your copy yet? I have not. It's just been sitting in my front room doing nothing. Okay, so uh, happy birthday to me. If you're a horror fan out there, you know that Milk Creek uh, shit this Blu-ray out all of a sudden. Okay. Off the top of the bat, dog, just interrupting you. Yeah, let's hear it. April Fool's Day or happy birthday to me? April Fool's Day. Okay, great. Keep no going. question on that. So, uh, happy birthday mm-hmm. to me. Um, this is a film that was shit out by Mill Creek recently at, at Walmart with this uh, VHS slip cover. And it was fucking... I love those covers. Me I don't too. want to buy any of those movies, but me I, too. I love those Well, slips. I already own most of those movies, but... Also true. Point being, you know, this was released on a double pack with uh, uh, When a Stranger Calls, the original one. And a long time ago on this really shitty Mill Creek Blu-ray. And then randomly they put it out single as happy birthday to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has the original cover art under the slip cover. Sure, it, sure does. It, it's really, it's an awesome looking release. Very excited. 750 picked it up. 750. So happy birthday to me. How do I explain this fucking movie? Because this is a extremely confusing slasher. Um, it, it basically. Don't make me not want to watch my copy. Because it's been so long since I've seen it. I'm not going to explain the plot very well so that you can watch it yourself. Okay. But uh, basically what the film becomes is this girl at her university. So she is in college. She and a group of friends is in this this group of friends called the Top Ten. And I guess they're like the best people at the school or some shit. Well, they meet every uh, week or something at this tavern. And one time they show up and one of their people isn't there. And slowly but surely, the entire top 10 uh, class is being picked off and one killed by one. one by one. So it is a slasher. But this film has this really weird uh, d- uh, storytelling device of like the main character is like uh, passing in and out of consciousness a lot. So like she'll see that there's a killer killing her friend and then she just wakes up and She's like, she thinks she might be killing her friends because she thinks she might be going crazy. And I won't say what happens, but uh, it's a, it's extremely confusing in my opinion. I was a little surprised how confusing this movie was 
because how popular I feel like happy birthday to me seems like kind of a big title at this point. I mean, it was a video nasty back in the day. It's kind of a big title. You, do you think so? Happy yes. birthday to me, uh, especially with that cover with the kebab. Right. And for this film to be such a confusing mess of a slasher kind of uh, really disappointed me. Now, did I like it? I did. And I definitely think you should watch it for seven fifty. This is an awesome movie for you to pick up. Uh, so if you can pick this up at Walmart, do it. But I just thought it was over complicated and, and just sort of didn't make a lot of sense to me. Maybe I watched this on the bad, on a bad day. Uh, the kills are pretty good. There's not a lot of gore, but there's some, and the ending I just thought was fucking wild. Uh, and maybe not in a good way, but kind of cool. So yeah, happy birthday to me, a middling review for a film that I was really, really excited to watch. Uh, it's also long. It's like an hour and 50 minutes or something. Um, yeah. Happy birthday to me. I feel bad about kind of not saying I loved it because I feel like it's like a quote-unquote classic. Now, you asked about April Fool's Day. April Fool's Day is one of my favorite fucking slashers of all time. So, no, April Fool's Day is way better than this fucking movie. Um, But maybe I need to see it again, you know? So, happy birthday to me. I was extremely disappointed by it, and I feel bad saying that. So, Eric, do you have one left? I have one left. Let's hear it. Another 2018 release. I wanted to love this movie. I went into this movie thinking this is going to be my number one of the year. Okay. Uh, as you very well know, as our listeners may know, E-Dog loves zombies. Yes. Favorite subgenre. And the film I'm talking about is the French zombie film, The Night Eats the World. Uh, and this is not The Night Comes for Us. Which is amazing. Directed yes, by Timo Timojanto. No. <laughs> Timotimajanto. No, this is a. I'm afraid I don't know the director of this film, but again, it's but a, let's just say it's Timo Timajanto. It is not Timo Timajanto because maybe this film would have been better if it was directed by Timo. Do Timotimajanto. you think it's directed by Ajij? Fuck you! Tell us about your movie, doc. Okay, The Night Eats the World, as I've already said, is yes. a French zombie film. Uh, it's about Fr- this French movie. has my ears up. Yes, I, and you know, of course, I was hoping for some good gore then, because the French know how to do their fa. King Gore. They bring the shit. At least in the mid 2000s, they did. How about yes, that? Because yes. in this film, it's not too uh, evident. And I would even say that about Incident in a Ghostland. So, but you know, Incident in a Ghostland had this mean spirited, nutso. Like, when I say violence, uh, I don't want to reveal what happens in that fucking movie, but. Uh, the killers are definitely nasty. I just think the way that they're. In Incident in Ghostland, the way that they attack the girls, mm-hmm. I think, is violent. It's not blood. Blood isn't the only thing that makes something violent. Sure. So, there you go. Okay, so this man, he's recently gotten out of a relationship, broke up with his girlfriend, and he decides he needs to go to her apartment to get his leftover belongings. Mm-hmm. Well, when he gets there, she's throwing a big old party, bunch of people there, and she's already seeing a new man. Eric's worst nightmare. Uh, going to a party with a lot of people? Yes, that is correct. Yeah, and then getting dumped. Eh. Uh, so, <laughs> so, he tells her why he's there. He tells her, just give me my shit. I'm out of your hair. Yeah. You never have to see me again. Well, she wants to talk. And she's like, hey, can you give me a minute? Get yourself a drink. Uh, mingle. And I'll be with you. So, he does that. And you can tell he's just like seething. He doesn't want to fucking be there. He hates everybody there. He's upset when he sees the new boyfriend. So he goes and he tells her again, hey, give me my shit. I'm out of here. He's not like being mean or ugly. You can tell he's frustrated though. And she's like, okay, they're in the office down at the end of the hall. Go in there, get your shit, 
I'll be there in a minute to speak with you. So he's like, okay. So he goes into his, he goes in there and he learned he's, he's wanting to pick up some like vinyl records that he left. He's Cause going, he's real hip. He, he is like a hipster guy. Oh, I bet he is. He finds his shit. And as he's going through it, see, I guess if it's still all there, somebody comes into the room and he's like, Whoa, Hey, 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 I'm in here. You know? So he goes and he locks the door. Okay. And as he's continuing to look through his shit, he gets a bloody nose and he's like, Oh fuck. Now I got this fucking bloody nose. Another one of your worst nightmares. I mean, bloody, bloody noses are uh, frustrating. They're tedious. You got to stop. But what there. about other people's bloody noses? Ooh, don't give me no other people's <laughs> I knew it. Noses. I knew it. Right, so go he goes ahead. and he has a seat, right? He's He's been told by his ex-girlfriend to wait. And, uh, you know, now he's taking care of his bloody nose. Where so he, so he, he falls asleep. He falls asleep. Yep. I've seen, yep. Have, do you know this movie? No. Well, he wakes up the next morning, duh. And shit has gone awry. And with no explanation, a zombie outbreak has occurred. I like it. Everybody is fucking dead. Uh, they're zombies now. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside has been ravaged uh, by the undead. And the film takes place over a course of, I'm going to say months. I'm not too sure how much time actually passes. But it's him in the apartment complex. He never leaves. Wow, okay. And he travels from floor to floor, keeping track, looking for supplies to see, is anybody else alive? And, of course, he runs into zombies you know, people who have died yeah, in the apartment. In the apartment, yeah. Right. Is his girlfriend still alive? She's not. She's now one of the undead. Does he keep her alive? He does not. Uh, actually, I don't remember. Um, so the film, it's it's 100% a zombie film, but there's not too much zombie action, and that's definitely not uh, a criticism. Sure. That's fine. It doesn't need to have, you know, a ton of zombie violence or gore for uh, me to keep interested in it. I just, I had a hard time sticking 90 minutes with this one guy. Wow. Cause you yeah. know, it's, it's just him. Well, especially in the one apartment building, it's just him. The one time, you know, it's just him. The one guy throughout this entire film. Yeah. You know, there's like moments where he's just trying to keep himself entertained, mm-hmm. you know, in uh, one of the apartments, he finds a drum kit and that scene is actually kind of funny. Like he doesn't realize zombies are attracted by noise. Oh yeah. And so he starts playing, you know, banging the drums are loud, you know, and then he opens up, you know, the window and there's just, you know, a horde of zombies, you know, below the window. Eventually he meets another survivor. The film kind of gets interesting. Then there's a fun little moment with these two characters. Uh, but ultimately this film just didn't stick with me. It's certainly not bad. Uh, but I guess I went in with the, with the biggest expectations of thinking this was going to be my number one film of the year, and I kind of just left with the. That was okay. How did this get on your radar? Um, Stephen uh, Stephen King tweeted how amazing it was. Oh wow! Okay. I uh, I saw his tweet and I literally uh, VOD'd it like half hour later. That's crazy. I mean Stephen King knocking it so hard. Excuse me, praising it so hard. I was like, fuck yeah, this could be my new favorite fucking movie of the year. Turned it on. It was cool, but whatever. We'll stop there. I definitely won't watch it if you if you're not telling if you're not saying it's great. I'm I, not I watch don't. It. If you're like looking for new films, if you like zombie films, then watch it. But just like you, Keegan, yeah, no, you don't need to. Well, it's exciting. It's watch French, it. but from what you told me, yeah, I'm not going to check it out. Yeah, I would. You're not missing nothing. And that was the night eats the world. Nice. Uh, so not. The night comes for us. <laughs> right, which you should watch. Timo right. Yes. Timo Timo uh, So That's it. I got nothing left. I've got... Okay, I thought I was done. I have two quick things I want to throw out. Okay. One, I, I've been... I've, I've seen two more episodes of Sabrina. Ooh. So, <laughs> the second episode. So I am I am three episodes into Sabrina. And you know you what? You liking it? 
I like it. Okay. Uh, I just don't watch. I love the, the the credit sequence at the beginning. Yes, I do too. Uh, I like it a lot more than I when I saw the first episode. And so I'm three hours in, which I know is crazy. I'm just not one of these people that tears through stuff that I don't like. I'll tear through stuff that I think is like the best fucking thing ever. But if I just like it, which I just like, Sabrina, I'm not going to tear through it. Uh, Wait till you get to Hill House, then. Duh. Well, okay, I'm going to finish that in a week. And we have. I think the other problem is you and I have so much shit we have to watch and. Just, fucking all this bullshit um so anyway sabrina i'm liking it more uh last thing is i rewatched krampus uh with my brother and his wife and uh krampus is just fucking great um i wanted to yes. make sure i got it watched before christmas so i said you know what fuck it let's not wait any longer let's watch krampus um it's it's just it's great uh you know krampus fuck it i'll leave it at that the only other thing I wanted to mention about Krampus is Mike Doherty. And the only directing. other thing I wanted to mention was King of the Monsters hype. So, Eric, do you just want to hype real quick and then we can move on? King Ghidorah, take me to your leader. Yeah, so uh, six months from now where we are, where we stand. And, uh, yeah, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, holy fuck. Um, it's just a bunch of fucking monsters, I can't wait, da. I can't That's fucking wait, wants. I'm freaking out, just so you know. I'm like, I didn't even want to watch that new trailer that came out because... I'm too excited for it. I'm trying to forget it exists. Did you watch it though? I did. Uh, I love that line when she's like, you want to make Godzilla our pet? He's like, no, we would be his. Yeah. That's great. It's awesome. Vera Farmiga, Kyle Chandler. Come on. That's all I want in my life. Oh yeah. And the monsters. Damn, is that wind? I don't know what the fuck that was. <gasps> Boom. Shit blows your Damn, fucking house up. I just up. heard scary noise. Do you want to go investigate on the pod? We'll take the mics. <laughs> uh, no, I don't see anything. It's all black all of a sudden. <laughs> I can't. I can't see. Uh, so, anyways, Krampus is fucking great. Uh, King of the Monsters. Holy fuck! I can't wait for that movie. Can't wait. Uh, and now, I think that's it for what we've been watching. That's what uh, we've we been hope been you enjoyed this fucking almost two-hour uh, escapade into what we've been watching. Um, we are just about to get to our uh, feature presentation, which is ranking all four Scream films. But first, yes, it's now time for. Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. Fuck you, Eric. Fuck you, Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. Guess what? I'm doing another free balling. Eric's free balling. Another free balling. Are you Eric actually free balling right now, yeah. too? My nuts are just out of my pants right now. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes, light it up. Yes. You know what? I was at a loss about what to do for my Terror Tunes. Eric is rarely at a loss. I was just like, fuck. What the fuck do I fucking talk about? And then. It hit me. Hit me like a light bulb, dawg. A light bulb or a bulb? Light, a light bulb. <laughs> a, a light bulb. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, and this is a, a band that I've wanted to talk about on Terror Tunes probably since I started doing this segment. Fairly confident I have not talked about them. I am talking about the blood-sucking zombies from outer space. Boy, that's a terrible name. One, two, three, four. Four bad. I think they're more commonly referred to by, at least by E-Dog, the blood-sucking zombies. Yeah. Uh, they are from Austria. Uh, this is a horror punk band that I found back in the MySpace days. And this is a band that I'm still uh, super into. Um, they just released uh, a two-song EP back in October called Nice Day for an Exorcism. And they had a really cool pre-order where if you purchase the album from them, it came with a blood-sucking zombies from outer space Ouija board. Nice. Um, the music video. Did uh, you do it? Did you I it? did not. 
I do not own a blood sucking zombies uh, Ouija board, which would be fucking fire. It um, would be. Uh, you know, I'm not, I don't know how much customs would be fucking ordering it though from fucking Germany. Probably quite a bit. Yeah. No, I've done Amazon Germany. It's not that much. It's not that much. No. Timo uh, Timajanto. Timo! Timajanto! So the music video for Nice Day for an Exorcism is awesome. It's actually a lyric video. It's a Ouija board, and the letters come off of the board uh, to form the lyrics. Okay. Uh, anyways, why am I talking about them? Let me tell you why I'm talking about them. In 2016, they released a cover album in which there was one Christmas song on there. An original Christmas song called Bloody Unholy Christmas. And what's better than a fucking Christmas song than a horror punk Christmas song? Now, if I'm being completely honest, I let this uh, album slip past me, but I feel like it's time to rectify that. Uh, aside from having this fun, original uh, horror punk Christmas song, they also have covers from uh, Guns N' Roses, Queen, and they even cover Michael Jackson's Thriller. Don't stop me now. That's actually the song that they cover. Really? On the album. Yeah. I have it such yeah. a good so, time. Uh, Bloodsucking Zombies is definitely one of my all-time favorite horror punk bands. And uh, hopefully now you guys will check them out. And what better time than hearing uh, one of their Christmas, not that they have multiple Christmas songs, but a Christmas song that they did. Some Yuletide Joy. Correct. And with that, I think that was Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. That was Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. Eric Coffin's Territus, Eric Coffin's Territus. Uh, thank you for that, Eric. Oh, yeah. um, I hope you enjoyed it. We just played that song. Uh, I haven't heard it yet, but, but I will when I edit <laughs> this would, podcast. Correct. I'll shoot you that uh, YouTube link. Yeah, shoot me that link. So now I think it is now time for finally we're going to actually rank the uh, Scream franchise. So yeah. uh, light it up. Who wants to go first? I don't know. I'll go first. Okay, you go first. Okay, there's only four fucking films in the Scream franchise. That's right. And let's start off by saying we love Scream. Yes. We love, love it. We, Absolutely. We love uh, Wes Craven. Yeah. We love uh, Kevin Williamson. Yes. And uh, we don't care too much for Aaron Kruger. <laughs> Is that uh, fair to say, Doc? I think that's fair to say, Doc. All right. Uh, yes. Why do we like Scream? Why? Thank you so much, Why Eric. do we like Scream? Why is it a staple franchise in the horror genre? 
I think because it's in on everything that we love, right? So like Kevin Williamson, while I, well, of course, Wes Craven directed it and he's a fucking genius. I really think Kevin Williamson's script for these films just is next level shit. Agreed. And he knows what horror fans like. He knows what we are. He gets us. And, you know, just fucking Jamie Kennedy's fucking character in the first We film. all want to be. Randy. Well, we the are movie store clerk. We all are kind of Randy. I mean, really. So he he's a surrogate. You for are us. a nerdy guy. Um, <laughs> uh, it's so good. Um, yeah, I really think that the writing of these is is the standout. Did you watch uh, Eli Roth's History of Horror when they did the slasher episode? Yes. And when they had Kevin Williamson on? Yes. And they had um, Skeet. Yes. Uh, Yulrich. Ulrich. 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 Uh, they also had um... Skeet is my boy, and uh, it was uh, it was interesting listening to Skeet talk about it. He said he he didn't really get Scream. He thought uh, yeah he says he thought he was making a documentary about a, a serial killer film. Uh, a, <laughs> a, serial a serial killer. killer, and then he saw it and it was fucking a blast. Well, he was saying he didn't understand the comedy. Yeah. And that's even something Kevin Williamson says about how, you know, like how he's the most uh, clumsy killer. Yeah. He's constantly falling, falling down. Yep. Right. Uh, but I, it was all the fucking correct choices. I really think Scream comes back, just always is going to come back to why do we like Scream? Uh, several reasons I detailed, but really that opening scene of Scream with Drew Barrymore. I really think that that is, you know, that shit is basically okay. Cabin in the Woods is a recent film that I feel like is is literally playing a violin to horror fans. Um, Scream sort of does that the whole film, but also right. the opening of of each Scream film is literally just playing to our heartstrings. Like that's what we know, that's what we like, and it's smarter than the audience. It's it's just I think it's you know I've never really thought of these films as a franchise. Of course they're sequels. I mean, of course it's a franchise, but I've always really thought of them more as uh, uh, Sydney Prescott's story. Like I really felt like they were more sequels to her life. I guess in a way, sure. I never really thought of them as like a franchise in the way I think because they're made so close together. Uh, right. One, two, and three. Uh, they feel like you know the next fucking page. In each sure. in each book, where I feel like other horror franchises are really like bigger, different movies with different directors, different writers. You know, it's fan- I mean, you I think you really hit the nail on the head saying it's just like the next page, yeah, in a story, next chapter. And, and if you what's will. and what's awesome about the Scream films is like there's never new, there's never a new like some like dumbass like subplot. No, you know, it's you well, know, they don't, they don't- Scream three a little bit with the mom. We'll get to fucking Scream. Okay, okay. Know, it's not some new fucking you know. They're not time traveling in the fifth one or in right. the fourth one. It is just continuing the story of, of the characters of these that we people. know and like. Right. Yeah. And having said that, you got to have some really bad luck if you know seven serial killers. That's for sure. But I really think, okay, why do we like Scream? Uh, the writing, Wes Craven, and the cast. Oh, uh, yeah. and, and, not, and I will say casts, plural, because each of these films has rock solid fucking cast i mean these are perfect people for these movies um i it's it blows my mind that the second film has sarah michelle geller in it 
right. I cannot believe she's in the second movie. Um, you know, she's like a star in her own right, and then she's just in fucking Scream Two. I love how they weren't afraid to get the biggest fucking actresses, and then we're just gonna fucking kill. Them. Yeah, just fucking kill them. Um, I love uh, Nev Campbell. I've said that in the past. I also love Courtney Cox in these movies. She's fucking awesome. Uh, David Arquette. Uh, yes. I, I can't help but see Doofy. Uh, from scary, scary movie because he's so fucking comically dumb in these movies. But we, but he's uh, our but he's our comically dumb guy in in history of horror. You know, he says that Dewey was originally written as like a muscle meathead. Yeah, but then he suggested, you know, let me give you something silly. And that's yeah. awesome that that's what they went with, and we love him. Right? I mean, he's he's awesome. Um, so yeah, what, what what anything else on why did we think we like these films? Uh, just the because it's a horror movie about horror movies. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I was saying. Like it's made for us, right? Um, it, it's it's telling you, hey, we love this stuff too. Yeah, and we're gonna fucking blow it out, like right, uh, whole heart. So, yeah, that's why we like Scream. Anything else before we get to our list? Let's get to our list, Doc. Uh, well, let me say this: Do we want to just quickly drop the Scream TV series here, just for fun? I don't really remember it, but let's uh, talk for a second. Well, you know, I was thinking about it on the way here, and I feel like we. I say this a lot, but I, I kind of looked down on that show because I felt like it kind of sucked. But the more I think about it, I I liked it. I was with it. It's not great, but I enjoyed it while I watched I it. I think it sustained its story better than Riverdale did. And and that's sad. I, I've said this on the pod. The first season of Riverdale is superior to everything the Scream TV yes. series did. Yes. But in the long run... The Scream TV series is better. Like You're in right. terms of keeping a story going, going. I think I told you you were crazy, but when you put it in those words, the first season of Riverdale is better than anything that the Scream TV series did. But as but then it shit the bed in season yeah, two. It's terrible and it's stupid. And uh, yeah, uh, Brandon James mask. Just wanted to throw that out there. How do we feel about the Brandon James? I like mask? it. I liked it. It's no ghost father face. ghost or what's his name? Ghostface. I feel like he has another name, Father Death. Like the part in the first one where they're like, this costume sold at every five and dine. Oh, I can't remember. But uh, it's no ghost face. But uh, I do like it. You know, of course, I had that tweet where it was like, revamp the whole show, bring back ghost face, and make it violent. Like that's fucking how you should do Isn't Scream again. season three still supposed to happen? It like, is. It was going to be with Netflix, shot. but now it's not. And I think it's shot, Queen dude. And in it, and now she's not. And Yep. I think it's shot. I mean, um, we're going to watch that shit. I will say that 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 uh, special where they went to the island or whatever that was fucking. T- I thought it was terrible. I liked how there was a different masked killer. I thought it was awful. Yeah. But anyways, that was a Scream TV series. I uh, just thought we had to talk about it. Um, I really wish that they would have gone different directions with it, but I thought what we got was okay. Right. Um, I'm there for season three. I'll check it out. Get it. I'll check it out. So Eric, okay, we do our list. We're ready for, uh, we're, we're going to start our list, and I guess I'll go first. Yep. My least favorite of the four Scream films are part three. Yeah, same here. Um, Scream three, least favorite for both Scream, of us. Right. So let's just go. Go ahead, Scream three. Okay. You know, one of the things that initially rubbed me uh, the wrong way. Something rubbed you? Scream two introduces Stab. Yes. And in Scream 3... It takes it up to a fucking other level. They're already making Stab 3. And to me, that never made sense. Yeah. They should only be at Stab 2. So we now know that the studio in Scream, Mm -hmm. they're just making Stab movies that are no longer based on the the actual accounts, the Gale Weathers story. Yes. 
And I fucking love how in Scream 4, they're just like, oh, we're up to Stab 7. Yeah. I felt like that was kind of like a fuck you to uh, Scream 3. I mean, I will say that it never bothered me because I feel like they're commenting on franchise. Like, they're commenting on studios franchising, right? So, like, while I understand what you're saying, chronologically it would make more sense, I think they were trying to comment on it by saying, yeah, they're already on Scream 3, like, or Stab 3. It's, um, yeah, I think it was just skipping to trying to comment on franchise. So now we've got these new cast of characters. Yes. There's the character. We've got the characters that we've been with since part one. And now we've got characters who are going to be in the third stab film. They oh, sh- uh, spoilers for Scream franchise. Sure. Coming up, right? We're going to yes. probably spoil the entire franchise. Yes, that's okay. fair. Uh, spoilers for the Scream franchise. Spoilers for the Scream franchise from here on out. Starting now. And what bothered me the most is not that these new characters, it's the characters that were there to make an impact. Yeah. It sets up this kind of bullshit mythology that Scream didn't need. Yeah. Uh, now we're going back in time to events that took place in order to kick off the series. Yeah. I'm not into that. Yeah. I think I think really what you're getting at, what, I, what my main critique of Scream 3 is, I think it's just a little too smart for its own good. Like it's trying to... Yeah, I mean, oh, well, what about her mom? Like, that's the whole fucking movie. Let's go to L.A. and let's go on the back lot and then let's have both characters. So you have to write characters that are... Um, let me get this out of the way. Okay. I love Scream 3. I love Scream yeah, 3 I, too. Well, I want to make that clear. Okay. Okay, I love Scream 3. I love Scream 3 too. But I think it's overcomplicated and that like, right. okay, here's both characters. Here's the character. Well, which Gail Weathers, me or the, or the real right. one or the fake one or which one? You learn and you also learn that the killer is killing uh, the characters, how they die in the Stab 3 script. Yes. But there's three scripts. So which script is the killer reading? I just think it's overcomplicated for its own good. So can we get down to who the killer is? Sure. You learn that Sydney has a half-brother. Ugh. Right? Just, uh Who cares? And you learn that... Also, Cotton Weary is killed in the opening, right? Yes. That's sad. We love Cotton we, Weary. We like Cotton. Yeah. So we learn that Sydney's mother, Maureen, she was, a, she was an aspiring actress. And that there was a group of producers... I didn't realize that was Lance Henriksen. I've oh. seen this movie a thousand yeah. fucking times. And not until my most recent viewing did I realize Lance Henriksen... Pumpkinhead. Correct. He's this big-time bishop from Aliens. He's this big-time horror film producer. And you learn, back in the 60s, back in the 70s, these producers would get together and have these wild parties. And actresses would go and fuck these dudes in hopes of getting a role. This is so overcomplicated. So that is how Sidney's half-brother, Roman, is conceived. So whenever he gets a little older... He seeks her. This just sounds dumb. Eric, I'm pissed. Aaron Kruger was just like, oh, I've, yeah. I've got this script now. I'm literally pissed listening to you so explain when, this. So when Sydney's half-brother Roman gets older, he seeks out Maureen Prescott, which yeah. you learn she goes by a different name uh, whenever she was an aspiring actress. What was her name? I can't remember. Uh, Scream 3 was yeah. the one I, 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 I rewatched the least. Oh, so... Whenever he finds, when he finally tracks down mother, he thinks that he's going to be embraced with welcome arms, but she says, no, yeah, uh, she doesn't want him. So he somehow knows that Billy's father is cheating on his wife 
with Sydney's mom. So he plants the idea in Billy's head. Billy Loomis. Billy Loomis, the killer in the first one. Skeet. Skeet. To murder Sydney's mom. Yeah. So Scream 3 is basically saying, no Roman, no Scream. Yeah. And fuck all that noise stuff. Yeah, it has sequel-itis, right? Because, oh, it's the third film. Let's try to outright ourselves and just worthless you know what i i I said earlier how there's no like wacky subplots well i'm wrong scream three scream three what that's why that when you said no wacky subplots i said well except for scream three right um i do think there's a lot of fun stuff in here let's pray scream yeah i even though the the dual actors is a little much i love the fake gail weathers and the real gail weathers i think that's a blast um them together and like they're 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 is combative Fisher on the lot? Yes, that is, that Carrie, is Carrie Fisher. Fisher. And they're like, uh, I think I know you from somewhere. She's like, No, you don't. Right. Um, I love that. Uh, I love more fucking Nev Campbell. I think this is. I think she's great in this movie. Right. Um, yeah. I love Dean Richmond. Yeah. Yep. Um, more Ghostface. I liked how they kind of introduce a paranormal aspect. Now, there's not a lot. Yeah. But for example, there's a scene where Sydney, you learn she's completely isolated herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a scene where her father says, why are you doing this? And she says, uh, killers uh, can't kill what they can't find. Yep. Um, so she, she lives out in the country all by herself. I like that she's doing the suicide hotline thing. Yes. You learn uh, that she is a yeah. uh, crisis. What's, what's the word? Hotline? People, people can call her and she can help. Yeah. Because she's been through trauma, so she's helping people go through trauma. Right. And I, I kind of, that's like kind of a 2017, 2018 idea. So that's cool how long ago this was, like um, trauma victim helping another trauma victim. Right. That's really smart. So I do really like that. Um, I was saying I like the part, there's sort of a paranormal um, element introduced. Mm-hmm. So for example, she's all alone in this house. She falls asleep and she has a dream that her dead mother is walking up to the house. Yeah. And there's this scene where she's like banging on the window. Uh, there's another scene where she makes it to the sets of uh, Stab 3. And there's a body walking in a, I guess it's supposed to be like a, um, like a, like somebody dies and it's zipped up in like. Body what, bag? A body bag, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's walking and it's talking like it's um, her mother. Yes. So like she's like being haunted by her mom. And I feel like they don't really play that up. Yeah. But I kind of, I, I was sort of into that. Even though yeah. we're talking about all the extra bullshit Scream 3 introduces, that was one I was okay with. I feel like, you know, to their credit, everyone in the film, especially Nev Campbell, does a good job with this material. I mean, I think they're yes. all great in the film. Uh, I just think it's, I mean, I hate to just boil it down, but it's overcomplicated. All right. I'm going to ask you the question. Okay. To end all questions for Scream 3. I don't like this. And I'm not too sure where I stand on this, so I'm interested to hear your thoughts. I'm ready. How do we feel about the voice changer in Scream 3? I don't know. So, you tell me your thoughts. In all the screams, the killer just has one voice, right? Yes. Uh, the killer is masking uh, his or her identity. Um, and in Scream 3, the killer literally can replicate any character's voice. So some characters are fooled by this. Yes. Um, So you can have scenes where you think someone's calling you or talking to you that's not. Right. Yeah. But 
It didn't bother me. It doesn't bother you? I mean, I I, I think I there's... I feel like it works to the film's favor of setting up those events. Like, yeah. for example, you know, uh, Sydney is in hiding. Uh, she eventually makes her way to a police station. Um, Patrick Dempsey? Patrick Dempsey mm-hmm. is the detective, right? And there's a moment whenever she agrees, she's talking to the killer. The killer tells her that she had... That the, the killer says that he has both... Um, Courtney Cox and David Arquette's character, uh, Dewey and uh, Gail. And whenever she's on the phone with them, she says, well, how do I know those voices are real? Are real, yeah. right. And so that kind of plays up that anxiety level of who I'm talking to. And while I just prefer the OG Ghostface, Ghostface G- killer, yeah. I think it works in this film's favor. Yeah, it kind of ups the ante right, a little correct. bit. Um, uh, I, I, I think the end of this film is just bonkers and not not great. Uh, how they end up at the mansion with Roman and then the, like the, the hidden rooms and shit. Like I feel like it kind of goes on and on and on. Yeah. Scream three. I'm not sure what else to say about it. I like the franchise idea. I like the stab three stuff that I think you said you were saying you didn't, Right. but I just, I don't know. It's overcomplicated. I just think delving that far into um, Maureen Prescott's backstory and then, offload front loading all of this story stuff that didn't exist into the film. Okay. Listen, other films might do that. And it might work. I just feel like this is, this doesn't work for that. And you're just kind of like, all right, well let's get to our fucking characters that we love and let's spend time with them and stop dealing with this. Um, really just exposition dumps right. uh, about a bunch of shit. We don't care Man, about. It really introduces a lot of new bullshit. Yeah, it does. It? Another one is that, uh, the killer may be invincible and they play that up. Yep. For a moment. Yep. Um, I guess we just don't need that shit. Yeah. And maybe that's why we don't care for it as much. I, I think the issue with Scream 3 is the other films. This is kind of what I was getting at at the beginning. I think the other films are so good and so well-written and tight. I think this film shows it shows more in the Scream franchise when something isn't as tightly wound as those films. Because this one is the lesser. And you can tell. You can just tell. Yeah. I, I love Scream 3. I love. Scream I will watch 3 it 3. To right now. I love Scream Three, but it is definitely the worst one. So, full disclaimer: my list gets very wacky from okay. here on out. All right. Um, you want me to go next, though? I, I, in fact, like ten months ago when we were planning this episode, I texted Dana. Uh, my Shout ranking. out to Dana. He doesn't listen. Yep, and he replied back to me, "You wild for that rank. You wild as fuck, yeah. boy." So everyone's going to agree with disagree with me, but I'm going to stand with my Scream ranking. Uh, Keegan, please tell me what your third favorite Scream film is. Yes, my third favorite Scream film is Scream 4. Okay. Um, because Scream 4 uh, is fucking great. Scream 4 is great. <laughs> um, I love this update of like the franchise. Like At times, it's sort of a remake, but I guess all three of the films are. Isn't that I well, I feel like that's really played up though in Scream yeah. 4. No, it because it's uh ten years later or whatever, whatever the dates were. Right. But uh it's just fucking great. And I love that they were able to find a new cast of kids that's fucking great. Yes. I mean it's very rare, like even the new Halloween has okay new kids. Uh Scream Four has fantastic new kids. Hayden Panetera is a highlight. Emma Roberts is fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um she's actually a good actress. And then uh, I don't remember their names. One but- of the McCulkins. Yes, the nerds. Uh, they're great. Yes. Um, and I love how it's updated to be 2011. Where, yes. Um, now they have a web series where they're constantly 
vlogging and yeah. they just believe that that's the killer's next step is he should be uploading his kills. And just seeing, I just feel like they really, really hit the nail on the head with um, updating these characters. So like we've, we've spent so much time away from, uh, you know, Dewey, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to kind of reiterate what you just said. I love how they update. It's like they updated the characters from part one yeah. while still giving us the characters that we've already been with. Yeah. It's great. It, it yeah. It's a remake sequel. Is that possible? A requel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just love seeing Courtney Cox, David Arquette, and especially Nev Campbell Mm -hmm. back again. I I, I mean, really, like, because I rewatched this a couple weeks ago in in anticipation of this podcast, and I was just smiling. I fucking love them in this Mm -hmm. movie. I love seeing them because... I even love the cop characters. Yes. I do, too. Allison Brie! Yes. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. She's Sydney's... Her uh, assistant or whatever. Her fucking agent. Agent. She's great. She's great. This movie has so many stars in... Oh, Scream 4, the opening. Holy shit. Uh, The opening of Scream 4 is fucking amazing. Um... If anyone out there knows me, I'm a massive fan of Kristen Bell. Okay. And she is in this opening, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are several fake outs in this opening. Um, we see the opening to like stab five, six, and seven. Yep. Uh, and Anna, uh, I've seen Kristen Bell compl- stabs Anna Paquin in the stomach. I've seen people complain that goes on for too long. No, no I would have watched that forever. Yeah. I would have watched that forever, especially yeah. with all the people they were getting for that shit. Yeah. Um, it's fucking fire. Uh, I love the opening it's of this Channing movie. Channing Tatum. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, I love how like how ridiculous they're playing the acting. Like, uh, uh, yeah, well, it must be for you because he's a killer or whatever. Um, it's just awesome. But I think Emma Roberts is great in this movie. Uh, I guess we're spoiling. We're spoiling movies. So uh, I, I love that she's the killer. I think it's great. I love her motivations. I feel like it makes total sense for the new age. She wants it, to be YouTube famous. It makes even more sense now. Like, and that's, what's crazy about in 2011 when this came out, like this did Kevin Williamson's right in ahead. I know he's fucking ahead. This didn't make that much sense in 2011. Like it seemed like, Oh, you're writing to like the, the, the Twitter era. Like you're trying to be cool. Right. And now this is more relevant than it's fucking ever been. Uh, it's nuts. It's here's, fucking nuts. Here's what I love. And I love Scream Hayden Banter. Yes. You know, we just said like the reason we like Scream is because it's talking horror films. Well, take that just a tiny bit step further. I enjoy remakes. And yeah. This film is now talking about it's remakes. commenting on remakes yeah. and commenting on uh, just. It's I, just like, oh shit, you're talking about more shit that I love. And, and I love, and I guess we got this a lot, you know, in the new Halloween, but I love that the kids, we spend a lot of time with them talking about, you know, isn't your, uh, fuck, I can't remember what their relation is, the, your aunt or what is it? Sydney uh, to Emma Roberts. Sydney to yes. Emma Roberts. Aunt. Uh, isn't your aunt Sydney Prescott? Like she, I love that they're referencing like in the past as like it happened. It just right. feels, this is fuck Bruce Willis. I feel like when this came out, I don't think we all, I think we all liked scream Four. I think the, as the years go on, I think scream four is like a great sequel to a scream, uh, to the scream franchise. Um, and while I'm talking scream four, I just want to say, why can't we just get another one? Why can't we just get like another one of these? Uh, right it's not that you. hard. Now, uh, what would they comment on today? Boy, that's a great question. Maybe politics, which I probably wouldn't like, but that would be the no, easiest you. way to go. Uh, that you want to do it for some political gain. That that's the easiest Here, way to go. Here's a wild idea. You know, there's so many Blu-ray companies, right? Yeah, putting out so many older releases. Maybe it could comment on horror nostalgia. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't I'm, know how that would play well, I would, into that. When, I, when you said that, I was thinking, does Scream Four do that? I don't think it really does. No, because Scream Four is all about remakes. Yeah, um, it's so good. I love it's the incredible. new decade, new rules. Yep, love all that shit. Love all that shit. And again, I think all in my Scream Four talk with just seeing the cast, uh, whatever it is, twenty years older or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's my shit. I love it. I um, love that shit. I think it's ten years, but I, I love that shit. I love when Gail. Yeah, because the because three came out in two thousand one. Yeah. Uh, ten year, I, ten years older and ten years wiser is just awesome. I love, and uh, I feel like their characters are written exactly how they would have been. Right. Uh, I love when she attends the film nerds. Uh, oh, I do too. Yeah. Uh, one rung above the drama club. Yeah. <laughs> or, or one rung above the chess club. Two rungs below the drama well, club. Well, and, yeah. and it rang so true to me that like the the drama club wanted to have her uh, wanted to have Sydney Prescott as a as a guest. guest, but not because she's the star of their films, which is us. Oh, and they, then there's Stabathon. Yeah, Stabathon. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. no, Stabathon's fucking amazing. But I love that they are having her there as like a guest of, uh, like she's a movie star, but she's not in their franchise. She's the survivor of the movies that Real are life. based on. Right. But there's movies based on, and they're film fans, so they like those films. Yes. Uh, I just really like that because like I felt, you know, as horror fans, we love meeting these horror icons. And it was like that, but real life uh right. i don't know i just i love scream four yes stabathon you can t- i'm sure you'll talk it soon yeah. so my third favorite scream film is uh scream four eric uh, i'm terrified to ask you what is yours okay as i've disclaimed my list is wacky and uh also i love all of the screams yeah i love them all oh, i love them i love scream three <sighs> so i'm not gonna spend too much time on this because we've already kind of talked about it sure but my third favorite scream Keegan's making a face. Keegan's like already scolding me because he probably knows what I'm going to say. The original. The original is uh, what kicked this off. Yeah. Uh, it's a fucking treasure. I would like a- to I would like to hear why. Just go ahead and defend like, and I'm, and I'm not mad, but like why is the first I, film I feel like in order to defend favorite. it, I need to say why, how much, why. You like I, the other films. Right, exactly. Okay. Um, you know, we wouldn't be here without uh this one sure um it's a clever amazing uh slasher and i just kind of feel like each one commented on something maybe not so much the third one but i guess what the other films commented on gets me really excited yes i really like how they commented on horror movies and slashers but then the ideas that are presented in the in obviously i've got two and four left in those sequels just get me really excited yeah i think it's just played out really well Screamed flawless. Yeah, of course. These other sequels get me excited. I, I think I you know what? If I had to like I'm not this isn't a nitpick, but I almost kind of feel like I've seen Scream so many fucking yeah. goddamn times that maybe I just enjoy these other sequels because I haven't seen them quite as much. They, they play out just more a exciting. tiny bit fresher to yeah. me. Right. I was just gonna t- say that I think, you know, every time I watch Scream, which is quite often, I always I've seen it so many times. I end up sort of replaying the stuff that's going to happen before it happens. So I almost feel like I'm not even watching the movie because I know Scream so well is what I'm saying. And and, and and because of that, I think we almost take Scream for granted because it's such a iconic film. Scary Movie came out, which apes the whole fucking thing. Like it's, I kind of feel like it's hard to just sit and watch Scream now. Yeah, and so I think you're right. Two, three, and four are so easy to sit down and watch because they're not that fucking original film you've seen so many times. Mm-hmm. I mean, I find that a lot with a lot of these franchises, like where all tear through Halloween. I don't even want to watch Halloween 
because I've I've seen, seen that movie so, many, so many fucking times, and it's it's such a iconic. You know, it's so important to me. It's like, let me watch Halloween five. One of the ones I don't think is good, but it's more interesting to me to watch because I've seen it the last There's times. more things for me to dissect in that film, which is kind of sad because I think Halloween is the greatest horror film ever made. But I like watching the sequels more because because uh, Halloween six has become one of my favorites. So I understand what you're getting at. I just kind of think you're taking Scream for granted because I it's, love Scream. No, no, of course, of course. But I'm saying. Because it's so iconic, it's almost like, oh yeah, that thing that had true ba- Drew Barrymore with the popcorn and fucking gets slit open in, in front of her parents. And it's... Okay. Okay. I love Scream. But how about this? Sure. The sequels that are coming up. Uh-huh. Obviously two and four. I feel like they took what we love about Scream. And up the ante. And turned it up to ten. I agree. I, I agree. I, I don't think you're wrong. I just think that you're taking screen for granted. Okay. So please, what is your second favorite? Wow, we're already film? the second. Uh, my second. We, there's only four. There's folks. only four guys. No, there's only four folks. Uh, it wasn't like when we fucking did Friday. My second favorite screen, which I think is a good time to bring this up anyway, because I just explained why I think Scream is so important. And so my second favorite is Scream Two. Yes. And the reason for this. So why is Scream Two my not my number one? Um, I just think Scream is so important and such a groundbreaking moment in horror that sort of shocked the whole world and sort of injected new life into the horror genre. And then there's a lot of fucking bad movies that came after Scream, but it was so important. And I just think it's its own world. I, I think Scream is, you know, bigger than just its move, its movie or its franchise. I think Scream is important. Scream Two, on the other hand, is the best sequel. But Agreed. I do think this is a little overcomplicated, and let me explain why. I think the end goes on a little much. Like, oh, this person's the killer and they're dead, or this person's the killer and they're dead. Or I feel like there's a lot of red herrings, more than I would like. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from that, this movie's a fucking banger. Yes. Uh, when I talk about openings of film, uh, I think whoa, <laughs> I think openings of film are super important, and of course, Scream I think has the best one, but the most. Uh, insane. Uh, I want to say best, but it's not because of Drew Barrymore's opening. But uh, yeah, the fucking movie theater. Omar Epps and Jada Pink. Holy shit. Uh, such a fucking wild opening. Uh, when I rewatched this, I actually rewatched it with my brother and his wife. Hello, uh, guys. And uh, I was she just... seen part one or did you just she throw had, her into she two? Had, she had def- oh, we watched the first one all together. And then um, I think she had seen him before, but I was like, guys, I don't know if you remember the opening of Scream 2, but fucking buckle up. Because this is one of the greatest film openings of all time. And I just think... No one wants to pay $15 for no Sandra Bullock bullshit. Yeah. and th- Unless she's naked. Unless she's naked. Uh, <laughs> this is what like I feel like we aspire as film fans, or as horror fans more likely, to have a screening like this. While, oh, yeah. While we want people to shut up when we see movies... If they're being enthusiastic towards the film, then yes. Like they Be have like a ghost face uh, thing C- costume party going on, but they but they have like one hanging on like a string and they like shoot it across the theater yeah, yeah. as the coolest shit. There's that big old ghost face. Is it outside the theater? It's just like a big head. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's so fucking badass because they're opening stab, and uh, I don't know. I don't really know where else to go with, with Scream Two. I love that opening. I love all of them like walking up, realizing that uh, Jada Pinkett Smith has been murdered uh, in the theater, and they just think it's. Part of the show. Showing, yeah. yeah. Everyone's going on cheering it. Yep. And uh, I love all the characters in this. This is probably the hottest Neff Campbell is in this franchise. Just thought I'd note that. She's fucking great in this movie. Uh, also, real quick, 
I will end my Scream 2 comments because you're going to talk a lot, I think, uh, with the best sequence in the movie other than the opening, which is the cop car. Whoa. So I'll leave it at that for now. Scream 2 is my second favorite. Um, what a great fucking sequel. I mean, this is how you make a sequel to a fucking horror movie. The idea that Kevin Williamson and Wes Craven got this out as quickly as they did a year later is fucking and incredible. The quality is just there. And it's, it's bigger. It's not just like, I mean, yeah. I guess you could say maybe it was like a cash grab. Maybe maybe the studio sure. was like, hey, we're so successful, we're so popular, pump this out. But then it was like, it's that good. It's really good. Not only was it yeah. maybe a cash grab, it's really fucking good. I will say, you know, the fact that the killer is uh, Billy's mother. Well, yes, but uh, is it Josh Duhamel or is it... Uh, Timothy Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant. I, I get them mixed up. Timothy Oliphant. Um, he looks like a killer right. throughout the movie. I guess in a way so does uh, uh, Skeet in the first film, so it kind of makes sense. But it's funny knowing he's the killer. Uh, My case is airtight, Yeah, Sid. That, and then also real quick... Um, Fucking Josh Jackson is in the film. Uh, he was a, a one of my favorite people in Fringe. Uh, Talking about Dawson's Creek? Yes, Pacey. Okay. Uh, also, Sarah Michelle Gellar. I just cannot... Every time I watch this, I'm like, I cannot fucking believe she's in this Cece? movie. Um, I'm a big fan. I'm sober, sister. Yes, I'm a big fan of uh, Sarah Michelle what Gellar. What a great sequence that is where well, he's calling from inside the sorority and house. That, and that's a lot like, of course, when a stranger Don't forget calls. to set the alarm. But I'm sorry. I'm just going to start quoting Scream from the rest of the podcast. But also Black Christmas. I will move on because you're going to talk Scream too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric. Can just glide over these films now because we've already talked about all the nah, positives. Nah, we can't glide over shit, Eric. That's my second favorite Scream 2. Eric, what's your number two? My second favorite is Scream 4. Yeah. I feel like tell Kevin what, Williamson tell me why you love it. came back and was like, fuck you, motherfucker. That's not Scream 3. This is Scream 3. I mean, technically it's 4. Yeah, but I feel like this was Kevin Williamson's sequel. Who knows what Kevin Williamson would have done if he got to write three in 2011. But I just kind of feel like he came back and was like, this is the topic at hand. This is the shit we're discussing. And it's going to be another fucking banger. I mean, everything we've already mentioned, the new cast of kids, the opening sequences, uh, the new idea of the internet using social media. Mm -hmm. Just the balls and the confidence on Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson for these films. I love. I love, I love how the prick boyfriend gets shot in the dick. The new, the old cast, I, new I, cast. I, 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 oh God! Let's not forget. Let's not forget. And this one's let's a not screamer. forget. How amazing is it? They're trying to correlate the events of where the killer is going to strike. Yes. And in the original. It's at the party. And so you think the conclusion of Scream 4 is not going to take place. Or so they think the logical step is Stabathon. Stabathon yes. is a secret event that the kids throw. But you got to remember year. new decade, new rules. New rules. Where they watch all seven stab films back to back to back. Which so sounds like heaven. So initially they think, okay, in the original, that's where the finale would be. Yeah. But since this is a new set of rules, then it has to be the after party. And then it ones up that. It doesn't take... The finale is not after, at the after party. It's at the fucking hospital yep. afterwards, which is just a great fucking idea of like, you think we're giving you all this information, but there's more. Yeah. 
And then my final fucking line, favorite fucking Eric's line. Eric's magnum opus. In the whole fucking film is whenever Sydney reminds Emma Roberts the one thing that she forgot about remakes. You don't fuck with the original. And then she fucking, what, zaps her with the fucking uh, yes. defibrillator fucking thing? Yep. Duh, Scream 4 is just... I think you sold it perfect. Uh, Scream 4 is, is so fucking good. great. It is it is really something that they were able to make. There's also a tiny bit of gore. I feel like I feel like screams just have like blood. Yeah. But in this there's like intestines and shit. Yep. And I and I really think that they were able to It's not very often you can come back to a franchise and really knock it out of the park. But what is sad is this didn't make money. I remember when it came out, it really didn't make any money. I drove to Roswell to watch it. Yeah, I, I was living in Cruces at the Las Cruces at the time, so I saw it there. But nobody, yeah, nobody gave a shit. And it was weird. What's feeling towards it now? I think I think fans like, like it. it right? I think fans like it. But the point is horror it fans don't that. horror fans don't sell movies. I'm not sure if if we all know that. Right. But uh it's crazy because that came out at the time. Uh, the tail end of the Saw sequels, which no one was seeing because of parent- comment on Saw. Yep. Uh, but because of paranormal activity and I think, I think they even say that in the opening, like people care about torture porn now. Yeah. Which really wasn't the case in, by 2011, by 2011, we were moving into, uh, uh, back to found footage, uh, into paranormal activity land and then, uh, slowly but surely insidious and conjuring, but that's later. But, uh, yeah, just scream Four, fucking great film. Um, do you want to do future sequel talk here before we talk our favorites? Or do you want to do that after? Uh, I feel I feel like because we're talking Scream Four, let's talk what we would want to see in a next film. Obviously, I want the core cast back, one hundred percent. But what would they be doing this time? Who on earth would they? Yeah, who on earth would be after them? What would what could we comment on? I know I already asked that question. No, you're right, and it concerns me because I want one so bad. But every time I think about how good Scream Four was, I'm thinking, well, how do they do this again? If we don't ever get a Scream Five, like I could, I would almost see a remake, a traditional remake, um, being more likely. Yeah, you know, like what the TV series tried to do. That'd be sad. Uh, Scream Four is is the perfect swan song. Then, yeah, um, I would just love to see everybody come back, uh, the original cast, and um, you know, I've talked about this a lot to you, but I just want to say it on this episode because it's a Scream episode. The main thing that I always think is odd is we all say, well, it's going to be hard to do another scream because Wes is gone, right? I hate to say this. I mean, because we love Wes Craven, but love I feel him. like we can get Scream 5 without Wes so, Craven. Because Kevin Williamson. I don't want to say that. But, yes. but really, I think that they could find a director that wants to, you know. Emulate? To, well, to maybe more to tribute even okay. um, uh, Craven, do their own spin, but written by Williamson. And we're it's done. like Joe Lynch. Yeah. Or David Gordon Green. Joe Lynch? What made you think that? I just um, what made you think that? Because he's a film connoisseur. Not Adam Green, huh? I mean, we've already discussed this. Adam Green lives in every scope line, which is fine. You're right, yeah. Uh, but Joe Lynch makes just like movies. Movies, yeah, you're right. We love both of them. We do. Okay, so let's get back to our list. Uh, we're sort of we've talked a lot about these films. I totally yeah. understand that, but let's try. So my number is it one. Me? Is yep. it me? Uh, my number one is clearly and simply Scream. Right. So, uh, you know, this film, I've already talked a lot about it. I just think it's the most important slasher probably ever made slasher. 
um, ever made? You're not saying Halloween or Black Christmas? I, I would say Halloween. Psycho? I would say, I don't really think, I mean, yes, Psycho's a slasher, but Bay of it's Blood? not the same thing. No, not Bay of Blood. Not Mario Bava's Bay of Blood. Um, I guess I, how about this? What about Timo Timojanto's Bay of Blood? I'm kidding. Go let ahead. me, let me revise my statement so I don't get shit on. Uh, you know, it's the, it's the most important modern slasher ever made. Um, I just think it's it's the world. Uh, I love the fucking characters. I love the cast. I mean, how do you cast this and knock this shit out of the park? How do you write this and knock this shit out of the park? How do you do that opening and knock that shit out of the park? How is this whole fucking film so per- perfect? Um, it's just perfect from end to end. And I think that we take Scream for granted, the first film. I really think that because it's been parodied by stuff like Scary Movie, because the sequels do up the ante so much and those are so good, I think it's hard to remember, you know, the roots and it's so perfect. You know, I bet this would happen with Halloween. If the Halloween sequels were as good as the scream sequels, we might think those are better than the first film. In fact, I think you do think that, uh, I don't remember your list, but I think Halloween was not your number one on that. No, I gave number four, my favorite. That's, uh, fucking return baffling. But, uh, yeah, no. So I just think, you know, we've talked a lot about it. The first film is so good. The opening with Drew Barrymore, uh, Nev Campbell. Uh, I love Skeet as Billy. Oh, uh, we haven't mentioned fucking what's his name? Uh, Matthew Lillard, who is just, yes, fucking psychotic in that whole film. I love Matthew Lillard. Yeah. But he's so clearly insane. Stu, right? Mm -hmm. He's so clearly insane and we just accept it. And then we find out, oh, he's one of the fucking killers. Uh, also, I'll be back. I uh, love that shit. Uh, this is just one of the best movies ever made. Um, McGowan. Rose, yeah, Rose McGowan. She's great in it. She's fucking great. Everybody's so fucking good in this movie. Mm-hmm. I'll just leave it at that. Scream, one of my favorite films of all time. Easily would be on my top 10 horror of all time. Agreed. Uh, just easily. And uh, yeah, I think it's the best one, even though the other's up the ante. Eric, I would like to hear how, why you think my your favorite. film is the favorite. Uh, Scream in the Scream franchise would be Scream 2. Yes. Takes that formula that we already fucking loved and just gave it a fucking adrenaline shot. Kevin Williamson knew that he needed his aliens. Yep. That he needed his T2 Judgment Day. And boy, did he fucking deliver. Yes. While commenting on that, while saying sequels have to be bigger, the body count's got to be bigger, the action has got to be bigger. Um, and I think it's all there. I love how they even kind of play on your expectations of the original. Like, we think the boyfriend's going to be the killer right. again. When really, he's like the most faithful dude ever. He's the one character I don't like in the in the sequel. What? Uh, is that Jack O'Connell? Is that him? Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell. Sorry. Uh, I don't know. I Well, maybe it's because I don't picture Sydney being with that fucking douchebag. Boy, if I had a nitpick, though, it'd be the drama shit. Yeah. How she's in like the fucking play. Yeah. She has flashbacks of. And she does that fucking like performance. Mm-hmm. It's a little odd. Um, But let's get back to all the. Greatest shit ever. All the. And I feel like we've already kind of bam, 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 bam. Uh, Knock them all down. The opening. The cop car. Can I, can I describe the cop car? Yeah, scene? absolutely. Yeah. So. One of my favorite scenes of tension ever. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So uh, I guess after the initial kills. Uh, Sydney has to have a police escort, two detectives uh, following her uh, wherever she goes. There's a part where she describes as they're attached at the hip. Um, there's a part where they're at a stoplight and out of nowhere, Ghostface just pops up. He's just like on the side of the car. Yes. 
and he fucking socks one. Further upping the ante, of yes. course. Like, there's a cop. You're being driven by a cop. You're you safe, you're right? You're safe. Right. You're not fucking safe in this sequel. Um, he gets them both out of the car. He's now behind the wheel, the killer, Ghostface. Yes. Um, I guess at this time, it would have to be Timothy Oliphant. Had to be. If we're, pac- if we're trying to place the timeline of the two killers. Um, I love what the cop tells him. Get out of the car, you fucker. And, <laughs> and then he just fucking steps on the gas <laughs> and fucking hits the cop. The cop is now on the hood of the car. Yes. And Ghostface is driving erratically, slams into road construction, and a huge fucking rod goes through the back of the cop's head. And out. <laughs> uh, this is a police vehicle that Sydney and her <laughs> best friend are in. And uh, so they can't get out. Of the back door. The only right. way they can get out is through the front. The grate. Yeah, so uh, there's a grate that's dividing the front seat and the back seat. Sydney is able to rip some of it back. And they have to uh, crawl out the window over Ghostface. Because for whatever reason, his door uh, just won't simply open. And you're just waiting the entire fucking time for Ghostface uh, to jump. Yes. And he never fucking Which is jumps. super smart. He never fucking jumps right. They're going to start running. Sydney says that she's tired of running. Which she, I like. Yes. She's going to go demask the killer. And the killer's already gotten out. He's already gotten ahead of them. Yeah. And kills the friend. Then let's talk about the crazy ass shit of killing off Randy. Yeah. Holy fuck. It's my one. Holy I, fuck. Just because you like Randy that much? Yes. I mean, and I agree with you. I love Randy that much, too. I feel like he was a little bit of the lifeblood of why these work so well for horror fans. Because he was able to so readily explain a lot of the stuff, like New Decade stuff like that. And, yeah. Uh, But I think killing him ups the ante, like you're saying. I think it it makes it it anyone can die. Um, Also in broad daylight, by the way. Right. That's fucked up. That's uh, fucked up how he's on like the campus. Yeah. And I love that scene. Uh, he, uh I forget who the killer calls. Um they're on campus. I think they're it's at, Gail. They're at, they're at, they're on co- they're at college this time. And so they want uh Randy to keep the killer on the phone so they can then go see if who's ever on campus mm-hmm. with the cell phone at the moment is the killer. And that's just a great kind of like do we got Tension, him? Do yeah. we not got him right? Well, and and then it's, he just gets fucking pulled into that fucking truck. In the middle of the day. I, right. I really think that's fucked up. And then it's just up. like fucking brutal. Oh, my God. And you know who else I fucking love? Who? The cameraman. Oh, yeah. Is it Kevin? I can't remember or, his name. I don't know if but... it's Kevin in the first one. How He's read Gail's book. Yeah. And I love that part when he tells him, I want to report the news, not be the news. Not be the news. Yeah. 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 Um, and I love how he is smart. And he does leave. He comes back after the case has been solved. Yep. yep. Um. But I love him. He's like a minor character. That's fun. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, oh, it's, it's a, a great cray, Not crack. Yeah. It's God. It's I'm oh, getting excited. Uh, I just thought about, about one of my other, the other best scenes in the movie, which is the, uh, the sound record, the sound recording scene where, uh, Gail is in like the soundproof room oh, or whatever. That is so good. That's really, but yeah. that's like, that's Wes Craven, like really well directed. That is right. great shit. That's a great, uh, cat and mouse. Yeah. Oh scene. yeah. Um, I do think Dewey should be dead. I don't, I don't think Dewey would have survived any of this shit, but, uh, Dewey's got nine lives. I'm glad he did because, you know, uh, another thing that bothered me about three, why doesn't he have his limp anymore? Uh, in the second one, you learn yeah. it, uh, stabbed, uh, the killer hit some scar tissue from his wound from the first one. And all of a sudden he walks fine. I don't take orders from you, dude drop. Yeah. Uh, I love scream. 
I do too, man. Uh, every single one is good. I almost think anyone, with the exception of three, anyone could be one. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I In think, terms of ranking. I, I mean, I think four and three, or really four and two are kind of interchangeable for me, but I just love those movies so much. I think all four are fucking fantastic. Like, I mean, I know we've said that a lot, but I really think these are amazing. You know, we don't say that with the other franchises we've done. Like, I, I, we love every Friday film. Sure. But there are some that really, others. well, I'll just say aren't that good, but we love them because they're Friday films. Correct. Um, these four are perfect, man. So maybe they shouldn't make another one, but I would, I just really think, I think it's time, you know, Halloween did well. I, I think it's time to bring it back and really, really go at it. But the problem is, is their dimension films, which is owned by Weinstein company. Yeah. So who fucking knows who owns these now? I don't know. Right. But, um, yeah, scream. One fucking of the great. finest uh, the genre has to offer. The wickedly talented, the one and only Wes Craven. So uh, I think that is now it for this episode of the podcast. Correct. Uh, you know, let's not linger. Let's not linger. But let me say this. Our next episode is very exciting. We're going to do our favorites of 2018. Yeah. I'm assuming we're going to do a top 10. We're going to do a top 10. I I've seen so much, but I feel like now I need to revisit. Yeah, don't don't start that shit. Dog. Don't go down that don't go down that road. I have endless so high, but do I'm sure? To, am I sure I feel that strongly about it? I need to revisit. Mm, you might need to make a decision, dog. You might need to really just hunker down and uh, make a decision. No, so our next episode is going to be our top ten of 2018, and that is very exciting to me. These are my favorite episodes. Also, I did want to mention I'm going to leave a uh, link. I'm going to try to leave a link in this episode. So go to your podcast app and scroll down uh, for our, our uh, top, I think we did a top five Christmas horror. Now it's an early episode, so don't expect quality like this one. But uh, yeah, go check that out. We did a top five Christmas horror and it's December. So you might want to check that out. Um, before we wrap this up, do you want to tell them about uh, what you proposed to me earlier? Yeah. So Anchor is our uh, podcast host, Anchor.fm. We absolutely love them. Uh, they have this new thing. I'll make this quick. They have this new thing called Anchor Sponsorships, where you can get a match with the sponsor and uh, they will pay you to talk about their uh, products. So uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to do it this episode. We need your guys' opinion. Yeah, let us know if you give, if you care, if there's a little 15 or 30 second ad before the episode. Uh, I will say here, we're leaning towards it. Yeah, we're leaning towards it. And it might even be on this episode by the time you're hearing this, but uh, we're not sure yet. We think we want to try it out. You know, uh, I don't think it would make us millions because uh, we don't have that many listeners, but it might make us a couple bucks. So, you know, it might be good to get some new equipment. <laughs> uh, also, Andrew, thank you for your equipment, by the way, that we uh, do not pay for. So, um, yeah, so we might try Anchor Sponsorships, which would put an ad, a pre-roll ad before the podcast, but it would be us speaking it. So let us know, you know, send us a little message, send us a tweet. Hey, I don't care if you guys want to try to make a couple bucks or fuck you because I'm saying you're telling us fuck you because you don't want ads. Uh, let us know out there. We would love to know. Um, I think that's it for this episode. Eric, uh, can you tell us where they can find us? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Anchor, Fucking T Public at Ghoul Squad FM. Yes. FM is very important. All our F. Oh my gosh. All our episodes are available at anchor, uh, anchor.fm slash Ghoul Squad FM. You can find literally everything there links to Spotify, links to uh, Apple Podcasts, links to uh, Google Podcasts. Literally all your links are in there. Stitcher. Um, so go to. 
anchor.fm slash cool squad FM. And, uh, yeah, if you want to pick one place to follow us, it's Instagram.com. Correct. So, uh, slash cool squad FM. And that is it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And you know what? From the ghoul squad. Have happy a- holidays, bitch. I was going to say have a Merry Christmas, but you know what? Have a happy holidays. Eric, you want to sing it with me? Have a holly jolly Christmas. And in case you did not, you're not going to help me on this. Oh, by golly, have a holly jolly cool miss this year. (laughs) Uh, Goodbye, everybody. Have a good Christmas.